to say that my SUV somehow did so much damage to the weather, it told the climate gods not to have it rain in April and May, um, and to even go back further, we didn't have a big snowpack. My SUV did that, not the guy with the matches, or not the guy, you know, throwing his cigarette butt out the window. It wasn't that here. To say that my SUV... I say they lie throughout the so-called pandemic. I say they lie about the war in Ukraine. I say they lie about the climate. I say they lied about who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. And it seems to me they're lying now about who blew up the dam in Kherson in southern Ukraine. I say they're lying about the intentions behind the amendments to the WHO Pandemic Preparedness Treaty. Team now, but what are we committed to do? We are committed to change the world for LGBTI inclusion around the world, not by competing with other LGBTI organizations, but by amplifying and lifting, by using the, the platform of the World Economic Forum, both in Davos, but also... resistance chicks i'm one of your hosts leah is joining us very shortly she's probably letting some dogs out potty because we have five count them five at the house here today um and they've been with us for a week and you have seen them you saw them on friday they're absolutely adorable we call them the little barkers there's three little ones and two big ones so we've had quite a week here at God's Little Acre, we've put in a pool, we've been building a little deck platform for it, we've got five crazies running around, we're holding down a day job and bringing you guys the latest news, and this week we're doing that from all around the world. So, roll call, while we're waiting on Leah, I want you guys to put in the chat where you're from here today while we're waiting for everybody to get here, and I'm just checking on the chat to make sure everything's rolling smoothly and actually running, because you just never know. You know, I just got off the phone with uh, Scott Kesterson. If you guys didn't get a chance to watch the Bards Fest in Yuba City this week, you have missed out, but you didn't miss out because you can go back and watch it on his YouTube channel. We did not get a chance to stream everything, but we got to stream several sessions, which were so good. We were doing projects outside. Patriot Gallery's been planting a lot. Leah's been planting a lot. Um, and while we were doing projects outside, we were literally on our loudspeaker playing Bards Fest and the amazing speakers there. They had Dr. Frank, Shemaine Nugent, Joe Vega, um, Brad Cummings, Lieutenant Colonel P.F. Chambers, it's just been phenomenal. It was very encouraging. And Scott's like something has shifted. This was a, essentially, we're, today we're going to talk about Canada's wildfires. And Scott's like, a wildfire was lit in Yuba City. He's still doing it. He's baptizing people right now. He had to hang up and go baptize. And I said, that's okay. I got to hang up and go baptize people with the news. So here we are with the world news. Here's Leah coming on camera. Look at you look all nice. Does Leah look nice? You look nice, too. Thanks. You never say it, actually. I, I, you know why? Because you always make an entrance. 
I'm always here first, and then you come in, and I'm always surprised. I'm comfortable saying that to no to like strangers, and it's like weird because you think that like Like, I know why I know why it makes you feel uncomfortable because you think we're like twins, and if you say I look good, then you think you're complimenting yourself. You're weird. That's not what it is. No, it's got to be what it is. No, you look nice. You look very nice. Yeah, you know what it is? It's still shocking to me when you come down with this haircut. For those of you that don't know, and we've mentioned it several times before, all of this hair that's around Leah's face, that's just new COVID growth. We just, we're just not cutting at that. That's just, hey, I lost all my hair from COVID. Now it's coming back, and look at there. Like a little, it's a little, uh, it's a nice updo you got there going on. Okay, so, but in all seriousness, these fires in Canada are insane. And they all started at the same time. What's up with that? That is a really good question. So are we going to talk about the the what started them? I was getting ready to say something, but you interrupted. Let's roll with it, man. Jeez. <laughs> so yeah, are is it climate change? That's the question. Is it climate change or is it arson? Why did all of these fires start at the exact same time? We talked about this on our show a little bit on Friday. Canada is a very large country. How in the world did fire did fires start all the way on the West Coast and then all the way to the East Coast? It, I, I've watched video of this and I still can't I still can't wrap my brain around it. Now I did ask for a roll call, so let me read it off here. We've got uh, Donna Bo Libby saying, checking in from Long Beach, California. Praying for you over there, Donna. Uh, Glenda says, hi, watching from Wyoming. That's amazing. we got Stephen Ainsworth there from Northwest Cheshire, UK. And, of course, Britt Baza from Southwest Wales, UK, which you used to not be from there, by the way, which is super cool. Um, let's see if anybody. Hi, watching from Rockford, Illinois, says Kathy. So if you guys are just now joining us and we did do a roll call and you missed it, go ahead and put it in the chat and I'll get to it in a few minutes. So we've got the wildfires. We've got the, this, what is this? I want to say Pele, Pale, Pale the, the, the acronym that you gave me here today, this uh, absolutely ridiculous, um, excuse me, Pigley. Pigley. I don't think it's Pigley. <laughs> I don't Partnership think for global LGBTI equity. But we're not yeah. going to talk about that on Facebook, right? right? We'll talk about that off of Facebook. So we mm-hmm. have some off Facebook news, which should make you excited. Yeah. Some really good stuff there. And then Leah, are we headed for a digital gulag? Are they going to yes. lock us in the digital we slammer? Are headed there. Are we going to... Is this going to... Are you talking about like there? physical? Stay there? Because part, we're like partly there. Like they kicked us off of YouTube. They kicked us off of Twitter. So a digital gulag boom, we're there. Like yeah, halfway. not that kind of... Like there is that kind of gulag where you're, not be able, where you're not able to stay something. But then there's the digital gulag where you're locked down unless you hook into the gulag. And then they control all of what you're doing and thinking and saying. Um, my tabs from the little computer will not come up. That's going to be a problem. Yes. Let's see if I can pull them up and then you can just operate from my, how about that? Okay. Yeah. So this week was huge news on Friday with Donald Trump's indictment. So Mm -hmm. you guys know we do kind of our weekly American news update for you guys on Friday. Right. And the news last week was insane. You had... Tucker Carlson, who came out with a whole new program. So you guys can check that out. It's on Twitter. It's Tucker on Twitter. 10-minute segments every night. But his first segment was basically on aliens. Mm-hmm. 
and the fact that we are totally completely not alone and i'm not buying it because i listened to the air force guy and he said he heard from people he has not seen these aliens oh my he god has yeah, not i know we played that on friday that was totally unconvincing the ship okay and for Tucker to come out and say we are for sure not alone is a little mm -hmm. bit is, it is felt a bridge too far for it me. It was too far for me too. So Joe Biden, his DOJ, Joe Biden is is a well, he's an old man, he's not with us. However, they're using him as a tool. And other smart people Will this work? Um Or is that from another day? This one is it. Yeah. So if I click restore now. Yeah, it should be. That should be it. Yeah, great. So the House Republicans finally got a hold of a document they were trying to find that proved that Joe Biden was taking money, bribes, a bribery scheme, $5 million. And the day that they finally did their press, press whatever report on it, is when the DOJ dropped the indictment on Donald Trump. And it's very interesting because... Do I not have internet here? Let me plug you in. Um, yeah, but this old. is not the Windows. Okay, well, I asked you. This must have been my Friday Windows. All right, we'll keep yeah. talking. I'll okay. find it. Um, actually, just let me... For, let me just bring up that my other thing. and you, If you've got them over there... I've got, I think I do. My whole show. I got your whole show, man. That's interesting. This will be called get dead to air. The, will, uh, you yeah, know what? During the dead air, wait, wait. I have more people that told me where they're from. So, Bravaz says, I used to live in Essex, England. Mm -hmm. Now, we've got uh, Biffmo from Richfield, Ohio. Um, over here on Facebook, we've got Sarah from Minnesota and Judy from Indiana. From all around the world. You guys are so awesome. You want me to go get your little thing? Um, my little computer? I don't know. I, oh, God. Shoot. There's a dog down there. <laughs> there's dogs everywhere. There's dogs everywhere. I'm sorry. There's a dog down there. I thought I saw. I thought it was around you. She's going to stay right down there. Oh, wow. This is a morning. I can't get the internet up. I can't get my my screen up. I can't get right, anything I'm gonna up. I'm going to get you internet. No, I have the internet. I have the internet. I, I do. I'm plugged in. I plugged myself in. You missed it. I plugged myself in. You know what, you guys? I say this every week. I say this every show because it always applies to every show. But you come for the realityness of this. These aren't even all of them. I don't even know how I'm going to find. How about you just use my tabs? It is okay. We can share. Well, no, because then I do secret things. Yeah, so you guys don't have to follow everything. But what I can do, honestly, while I'm bringing up everything, is Neil Oliver this week had a really interesting, um, I like actually the the shows that he does when they're just in his room, but they're longer and they're not like as to the point, like it's more of a conversation that he's having. Yeah. So he starts to have this conversation, you can bring this one up, on diets and food and not like diets as in losing weight diets, but... What do we eat? How do we survive as human right. beings? And he's been getting in shape lately, and he's been re he has red pilled on natural living, and so throughout this clip, and I don't know if I'm going to get to all of it, he begins to explain like how you can go and make 
stinging nettle tea and the benefits and the vitamins in it on how you can diet the outsides of an onion peel and it has um it's antioxidants and nutrients when the world is trying to when the outside world is trying to kill us yes they are trying to put us in their digital gulags then we revolt by going back more to natural, more natural more to ways. the earth rub dirt on your face exactly so could you bring up neil i got neil right here we're not gonna watch this whole clip but we'll watch a good portion of it oh wait that's us hey say ever say hi to everybody oh, let me Bailey, switch the Bailey, screen Bailey, come here. Come here. let me switch screens here boom there, you go. there he is Everyone thinks about diet in terms of a way to lose weight. You know, you know, the next diet is always about to crop up in the newspapers, uh, and, and that's the way in which we think of it. But really, properly, the word diet, it, it, it's descriptive of an entire way of life. It's everything. It's how you live is diet, which got me thinking about the fundamentals of health. And, I, and it, more and more as the years go by, I realise that it's, it's all about food. It's amazing that it's taken me five decades to get here, but it's it's so much of it depends on the food that we eat. This dog. Uh, I, I, if I'm, I always say that I've been triggered by something. I, I noticed uh, headlines <laughs> about what they're calling the grocery tax. The government is planning to raise money to 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 push its green agenda uh, by by placing a tax on uh, groceries. So it's gonna the price the price of food would be expected to go up in order to you know in, in order to generate the funds that will you know that will push further towards the green agenda uh, and, and they're talking about in, in simple to understand terms that it could add 140 pounds a year uh, for every household onto the onto the, the grocery bill now 140 pounds across a year might not sound like much to you I don't know what your circumstances are but obviously to the to the people who are closest to the brink, any additional pressure upon them could be the pressure that makes the difference between, you the know, people they're life supposed and death. to trying to it's, be helping. So just turning the screw that little bit tighter. And I just I looked at that and I thought, why would you do that to people during a cost of lockdown crisis? Uh, they keep saying that inflation is coming down, and and at most. The government were only really acknowledging, you know, inflation of whatever it was, eight, nine, ten percent. But if, like us, you were paying attention to the price of your your weekly or your monthly shop, it doubled. We noticed the price of our weekly shopping bill doubled. So how they calculated that figure of ten percent, I don't know. And even though even though they say in the next breath that the inflation's going down, the prices of the prices in the shops are still going up. Especially in relation to food, and the and the most the most painful hikes are affecting the most basic foods that people depend upon. You know, I don't know things like tin tomatoes and uh, budget pasta. You know, packs of spaghetti and th those kind of things that people who are who are already on a stretched budget have to have to depend upon in order to keep themselves fed. The, that's where the the price rises hit hardest. It almost sounds deliberate, Neil. So I had all of that going on in my mind while we were at uh, the World Council for Health and thinking about food. And I was there with my wife, Trudy came with me. And so, I mean, we talk all the time about food now and we've become very focused on it. Trudy in particular it pays so much attention now and has learned such a lot that she passes on to me. Nettles, okay? If you're out, if you're out walking your dog, th at this time of year, nettles are everywhere. 
that, that to, to, to say abundant only begins to describe it. And nettles are unbelievably good for us. If you just harvest the green plant, it's unbelievably useful in terms of making a tea. You, you just make an infusion of the green plant and the, and the leaves in particular and the, and, the, and the youngest parts of the plant towards the top. And the tea that you make just by infusing nettles in boiling water, uh, it, well, it boosts your immune system full stop. Nettles are full of iron, magnesium, calcium, vitamin K, vitamin D, vitamin C. It's a natural antihistamine and it helps uh, cleanse and support kidneys and livers. Also, for men, particularly men of my generation, drinking the tea made from nettles is very good at protecting and boosting the well-being of the prostate gland. Nettles, nettles are fantastic and they're everywhere. Um, onion peel, you know, the, you know the crinkly brown bit that you just strip off of an onion before you chop it up to cook with it? I'm not an expert on nutrition and you know, don't, you, I'm just encouraging you to go and have a look for yourselves. You know, do a bit of reading, do a bit of research. This is anecdotal, okay? But, you know, take it from me. Follow up on this if you're interested. For example, um, onion peel. Don't throw it away. Uh, you can make a tea out of that, which is to say an infusion. You just, you know, you just, you just keep that stuff, keep that, that crinkly outside edge and put it in boiling water. And the tea that, that you then acquire from that, again, is, well, it's a very powerful antioxidant and it's loaded with vitamins A, C and E. It's also, drinking it is good for skin health. Another thing that, that we've learned about is fermented food. There fermented food boosts um, the biome, you know, the, that little living community that's in your gut. It's a natural uh, uh, probiotic. Anything fermented helps with that little population. That, and and the, the biome is, is really the source of health. If your biome's in good shape, you're going to be in good shape. If your biome is is absent, you know you've got a problem. No, so fermented food boosts it. I want to pause it. really quickly because just last night, yesterday we came into um, we were given a bunch of cauliflower heads. I think they're like ten. I can't even use my chair today. Um, I think they're like ten cauliflower heads. And Leah was headed out, uh, and I said, if I cut these up, will you ferment them for me? when when i when you get home and she said yes and so i had put them in a big pot and she still wasn't home so i went ahead and got out the jars we did six half gallon jars worth of purple yellow and white cauliflower heads and then all you did was add distilled water and salt and then put one of those glass weights on there and then how long before we can start taking that yummy goodness into our bot days? Um, you can, <clears throat> anytime you can, it'd be about at least a week to get it to start fermenting, a couple weeks. And then uh, it is my favorite forever. thing. Like we, we put that stuff on every meal practically. Yeah. And so he was talking about stinging nettles. Those are the little things that when you're walking in the woods, <laughs> if you have shorts on, they will cut your legs. Yes, I hate but, that. But, and so they have these little fur, furry like, things on them with chemicals that really irritate your skin mm -hmm. but they go away when you cook them and stinging nettle tea is used for arthritis used for urinary problems and when everybody had COVID I went out and I went out into the world at large and I was like cutting stinging nettle and drying it for you later I was getting mullen and um when I have more time in life um there I have a whole list of things that are edible outside that we should all be 
harvesting, especially in the spring. About that, that we have, <clears throat> again, yesterday where I'm doing all this and I'm like, I really should do a video on this because we haven't done a video on it and we just don't have time to do a video while we're living life. And that's the difficult part, but there are Somebody other people that are doing it. around with the camera. Yeah. Sarah says, I can't afford food. We only eat one meal a day. Thank God my garden is coming in great. Thank you, God. Exactly. One meal a day. Well, and that sounds awful, but we kind of only eat one meal a day too. Yeah, but not like, not because we're forced to. Well, but she says her garden's coming in great. But as far as not being able to afford food, Sarah, we're going to pray that you can, but prices are astronomical right now for everything. Yeah, no. And there are ways like to, if there's any way for you to extend, you know, we lived, we, we didn't have a lot of money at one point. And if you could get dried beans, um, rice and big bags of it, beans actually rice is a filler for your stomach and beans have dry beans yeah. have protein in it um just a ton of nutrients and so yeah let me read some comments over here these are great um if you grow your own food you you will never go back to grocery store food if it is in season and you can grow it yourself a hundred percent uh sherry says can we just thank the lord for this wonderful soaking rain i prayed for it there's another comment from lyle on facebook i'm going to read when we get to the fires about praying for rain um you can't compare the taste of grocery store food compared to growing your own food sherry says no you can't fresh is so much better donna Bo says nettle soup nettle pesto yum uh sherry says i'm trying to learn all the ways to use herbs i started fermenting last fall but i need to experiment more wicked psych says you can use your herbs in sauces and soups whatever herbs you like the taste of you can go you, you the, the taste of can go into anything i would feel safer drying herbs if you are if they are stored in liquid or oil you need to be more careful mm -hmm. salty mama says i use all wild crafting no doctor since um since fired for non-vax compliance thank you jesus so that's awesome. Well that said. is awesome. Let All me right. read a couple. Late. We've got Barry over here from the UK. Um, we also have wild garlic growing in Wales. There are wild mushrooms growing everywhere. Michelle, if you get stung by nettles, pick some dock leaves that grow next to the nettles, mush them up, and rub them on the stings. It neutralizes the nettle sting. Ha! Is he talking about burdock? It must be. I don't know. He says in the UK, they also make nettle wine, honey mead, which is fortified wine in the UK. Wow. That's I love awesome. all that so much. Yeah, the further we can get away from having to have things that are bottled and, yeah, that's the and way to go. And then, Stefan, back to the tax that he was talking about, the grocery store tax. I think that's what you're referring to here. No, it's to pay off their creditors more, like, because they're still borrowing money like it's free. So, um, Britt Baza has sent me a couple videos, and they are funny. So I want to go and play a couple of those that go along with the diet. Everyone thinks about diet in terms of a way to lose. Okay. So they must be the ones in the middle. Let's see here. And we do have another Neil clip that we're going to play when he's yeah, talking we're not about done. everybody lying, all these liars. Do I not have all your tabs? You don't. That's right. I can pull them up. Let me grab it. I've got it in the history. So there are people who've done some mashups. Are they YouTube videos? Yes. Boris Johnson's mashup. Yeah, there's the Rishi Sunak print, Fresh well, Prince of Ballet. Let's just start with this one because I got this is the one I've got up first, and then we'll do the next. Well, I wasn't gonna play them all at once, but that's okay. Let's... Can I play this one first? Um, no, that's not the one we want. We want. Oh, okay. So accidentally they played in um, 
out of order? No, order? they. Oh, here, hand it to me. Can Wait, I have? They're gonna be right in here. They played. I'm gonna have to do it like this. They they auto played. Ah. So in the history, they auto played the ones we didn't want. Oh, so thank you for sending these to me. You guys are gonna love seeing these. We're gonna play them all. The, no, there's three of them. We're gonna play them throughout the show. Oh, I get it. Oh, so so for a nice commercial break. Yes, so play the uh, on the budget. This is uh, this is the uh, don't budget twenty twenty three. Don't worry, just be happy. I love this. Don't pay your rent. Just eat some porridge and buy a tent. And don't worry. Be happy. Don't want to wait in A and Z. Jump the queue, go privately, don't worry. Yeah, just pay your own private insurance, duh. Be happy. That's mine. Got bailiffs knocking at your door. Just hide your money all offshore. And don't worry. Be happy. Find a job with better pay. Duh. Or get the make to lend you 800k. <laughs> and don't worry. <laughs> Be happy. Brought the economy to its knees. I got the payoff as your pay squeezed. And don't worry. Be happy. You're fleeing persecution from the corrupt regime. Now you're deported and I'm living the dream. So don't worry. Be happy. Got caught red handed. Now you've lost your job. Just make your fortune eating kangaroo knob and don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Oh my gosh. Don't worry. Just, you know, live with it. Everything will be fine. You know what I'm We're really proud of, here. though? You know what I'm really proud of? I'm proud of the fact that those of you that tune in to our show every week, you recognize all of those faces in the UK, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. So they, definitely all of our UK viewers were like, finally, mm -hmm. somebody who gets it. So I will say this, that UK politics is on the brink, and it would look like labor might be soaring to the top after the the quick demise the sudden demise of the tory party who unfortunately didn't have the backbone and the leadership in place to represent the electorate yeah and the people wanted brexit they wanted to stop the mass migration they wanted to stop the grooming gangs and they voted and gave the tories this 80 seat majority mm -hmm. and they brought in they voted for a prime minister they had liz trust and then they had Boris Johnson, and right. now they have Rishi Sunak, all within one year. Right. One year. Is it one year, you guys? Is it two years, one year? It um, felt very short. I think it's within about a year. Yeah. Okay. And he, people really hate Rishi Sunak. He is a playboy who act, goes around and acts like he has a, you know, like, like he knows everything, and it. These guys do not trust the Trudeaus or the Jacindas who go around laughing and smiling all the time. 
don't trust them they are hiding something they behind the scenes they hate you they despise you and they're using government for themselves okay Boom. now will labor take over actually they only have a guy named Keir Stammer oh they got rid of Jeremy Corbyn Jeremy Corbyn actually had um kind of some ideals behind him and the Corbynites they were socialists communists even but they were also Brexiteers, and a lot, some of them were, and wanted to leave the European Union. Well, there's an, the good news for the Tories is there's no Labour Party either. There's literally no political leader. And Boris Johnson is resigning as, as a parliamentarian. He's gone, gone, gone. He went from the guy, the one guy. We're going to work with Zelensky. We're going to do all this stuff. We're going to, like, and he's gone now. Like, I don't know what's happening in British politics, but there is, there, the, the vacuum of leadership is completely gone on both sides with nobody to look to. And you're in a unique place, I think, to pray for godly leaders. <laughs> That's true. true. I'm going to say that. So I want to play the Richie Sunak, Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay, so we're going right in, into another. Yeah. Another, those are because really because I think that we need a little humor in our lives before we go to the wildfires. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I have not seen these, so I'm terribly excited about this, honestly. Now this is a story all about how Ryan Rishi got flipped, turned upside down. So stick a pound in the meter if you got my spare. I'll tell you how he became a multiple millionaire. In Winchester College, born and raised in the city is where I spent most of my days. Cashing out, maxing then taxing the poor, while helping Tory to keep their money offshore. A hundred plus stories, they were up to no good. Started throwing parties in my neighborhood. I got one little fine. My wife gets scared. She said, Move in on Boris. Say my emphasis shares. Boris is a man. It soon became clear that I'd lie through his teeth throughout his career. If anything, you could say this man was unfit. But I backed him until the right moment to quit. I pulled up to number 10 with my bank of tricks. But the Tory membership chose what market? The United Kingdom, where life isn't fair. Now, where's that green card? Go home to Bel Air. this is let me back out of this seat y'all need to subscribe whatever to this i don't even care i don't know anything about it but that is funny it is funny it is funny i think go ahead and play the last one while we're here just because i need one more okay um thanks. so this one was done uh two years ago but this is keir stammer on wanting to be like boris johnson and keir stammer would be the the leader to replace if the labor party were to win okay Now I'm the king of the swingers, so the centrist VIP. I have no stance on racist rounds, romantic calls to me. They're claiming I'm a wet wipe, just a haircut with nose pine. But on this claim, I must abstain and frantically opine. Cause be do we I wanna be like you, who, who, I wanna walk like you, talk like you, too. You'll see it's true. Can learn to make labor's red turn. Who, who, who? Don't try to oppose me, man. Can't just make a deal with me. The complete free pass on all my gaps and new publicity. I'll come to our party members who I knowingly misled. For loving Jeremy, who lives rent-free deep inside my head Cause, 
I was hoping this would end during the campaign. I figured the NDP would sort of launch their attacks, lose their minds, and then, well, that strategy didn't work. Let's let's move on and, and try and be a little more constructive and practical. No, that's not the case. Um, Smith pledges arson investigation into 175 wildfires let's... with no known cause. Um, yeah, this is pretty much, I could read here, but it basically boils down to them hiring uh, an arson investigator from outside the province um, following an unseasonably and early destructive wildfire season. Uh, this is the most non-contentious, self-evident, reasonable thing that anyone could ever do. There, if, if you have a problem with this, you're an unhinged lunatic. Uh, cue the NDP. Um, they've... Uh, <laughs> Numerous outlets actually, CTV went off about um, how Alberta yeah. Premier is downplaying the links between wildfires and climate change. And then and then uh, Nagwan Al-Ghanid, um, the newly barely elected 
Um, I think she, what's the recount at now? It's like, like still less than a hundred or a hundred something. Yeah, um, she defeated so. Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> she defeated Whitney Isaac. Um, and so she says uh, on Twitter here, step one is, uh, step one in problem solving is defining the problem. Climate change is the challenge we need to solve here, but circulating arson social media conspiracy isn't going to address climate or wildfires. The world is on climate. The world is in the climate mitigation and building resiliency phase. Let's get to work. So she's like, they ask her, "Is this from from climate change?" She doesn't say no. She's like, "Well, it was an unseasonably high situation. There are a bunch of reports of arson out there. Um, let's let's get to the bottom of this and figure out what's actually happening here." And they're accusing her of peddling conspiracy theories, saying that this is climate change is a conspiracy theory, saying we're going to hire investigators to figure it out is rational sensibility. I just imagine being the arsonist and, <laughs> and getting charged and going to court and then telling the judge, oh, no, no, your honor, Justin Trudeau and literally every progressive in the country said it could not have been me and my matches no. and my uh, gasoline it was actually climate change. It was the climate yeah. gods. Sheila's SUV made them angry. And so mm -hmm. uh, fires started. Yeah, you're right. To say that this is climate change and not arson is the real conspiracy theory here. To say that my SUV somehow did so much damage to the weather, it told the climate gods not to have it rain in April and May. Um, and to even go back further, we didn't have a big snowpack. My SUV did that, not the guy with the matches or not the guy, you know, throwing his cigarette butt out the window. It wasn't that guy. It was all those other things that had to happen for these fires to burn. Are these people yeah, insane? Wild. And you know what? I really like I, Yesterday I did American media hits all day long because they're looking for someone who's mm -hmm. not crazy to talk about the fires. And, uh, you know, being from Alberta and northern Alberta and then this year so close to where the fires were. Um, I can speak to this with a level of experience, maybe not expertise, but it's fascinating to see people now rediscovering the cycles of nature, right? Like you're from Alberta, I'm from Alberta. We get smoke plumes every single year almost, especially yeah. where I am because I live like right where the grasslands crashes into the boreal, which is another point. We're one third forested by the boreal which is like the world's largest continuous forest. So of course we're going to have we're going to have forest fires, but we have smoke plumes in that like orange apocalyptic sky every year, maybe every other year, couple of times a year we get it from BC, we get it from northern Alberta, we can get it from grass fires from the south. It's not unusual for us. The only reason the environmentalists seem to care right now is because the smoke plume now is coming from the east and it's ending up over one of the most populous regions in North America. So it's frightening to the people who are so out of touch with nature because they haven't been off concrete in 10 years. So they forget that nature exists. And those of us who live within it, this is just this is just spring, right? Like this is just spring. Sometimes you get floods, sometimes you get fires, but that's what it's like when you live within nature. People who live outside of nature are just experiencing it for the first time in a very, very long time. And it's very scary for them. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's definitely a disconnect for folks who, I mean, I live in the city, but I get out enough. I experience it. We're just yeah. on the outskirts of town here. So like 
they don't really get that. And and within within nature, there's cycles of destruction, rebirth. It's normal. Uh, when those cycles clash with your square concrete buildings within the city, um, we're getting a little bit into romantic poetry here, but uh, there's. It can, it can be jarring, but this is normal life. And I think there's also a bit of sort of selective memory. People are like, I don't remember there being fires before. It's like, well, there was. Now, <laughs> in people's defense, this year has been bad. And that's why the premier, sanely enough, is saying, well, we should look into this. Even in Calgary, in the last couple of days, there's been fires. And one of them, they caught an arsonist almost immediately. So there, yeah. there are cases of arson taking place. This is this is also factual. So um, is there more than usual? Very, very probable. It's been it's been hot. It's been dry. Maybe. Um, I, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But statistics show that. Over, and this, like, this is it. Natural Resources Canada data shows that there is there are actually fewer forest fires burning fewer hectares of forest over the course of the last 10 or so years. So the fires are not yeah. getting worse. You people are just noticing them down east. <laughs> That's the yeah. problem. We always have them. They're not as bad as they have been in the past. Um, you're just noticing them now because the smoke is bothering right. you. Well, and there's also the fact that very often if there's fires during an election cycle, it becomes okay, you can pause that and then a point uh, of go to the main screen and then you can bring up the debate. Uh, there's a debate, a uh, Twitter tweet I have of Pulliver and Trudeau, um, but uh, you can go to the main screen to find okay. it if you want. <clears throat> so what she is saying as an Albertan, as a Canadian, is that they have wildfires, they have them all the time. But she's also saying and pointing out and they're pointing out that these were more extreme than normal, right? And that it could be arson. And when you see the push for climate change, when you see the push for um, uh, making it so, you know, you have to have your carbon credits and, um, you know, you, have to, you can't eat meat and things like that, then, then there could be something to look at. Well, what if this was? arson what if it was what if it was a bunch of climate change radicals exactly all wanting to light these things up all over the place so in essence then do we blame climate change if it's the climate you can change go ahead radicals? and play this while you're i thought that's what you were having i, I said there's a bait between polar oh, and trudeau okay. okay i was just looking for what you had up so i'm not canadian and i don't live anywhere where we have wildfires so i don't know anything but i can tell you this this is the first time that I can remember ever having the smoke from wildfires come to Ohio. Yeah. And or and completely clouding New York City. Mm -hmm. So I feel like she's downplaying it a little bit mm -hmm. in in an effort to um stop the narrative of the climate change. Yeah. However, they all started at the same time. That's never happened mm -hmm. before. So this definitely feels more nefarious to me so if you could pull up the debate then i can find the actual um i can look to it there you find it on yours and then i can find it on mine go ahead and bring up the other tweet that i had on the fires then while you're looking for that i'm not looking for anything i'm just showing them while you're looking at that i can't do anything while i'm looking at this when you're done there <laughs> okay we're done it's you all see it it's terrible it's really really terrible all right which other one it it you had it up. It was about the Canadian wildfires. No, nope. keep going to the right. Keep going to the, no 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 no. You you're going oh, too far. Too far. Nope. This one. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and read that. 
So it says, hmm, so Canada is already carbon neutral. Good to know. No wonder they are lighting fires because um, this science doesn't fit their narrative. The big lie about climate is exposed. So this says, why isn't this information in the news? Canada's carbon dioxide CO2 emissions from fossil fuel combust combustion totaled 545 million metric tons in 2021. We absorb 700, excuse me, 7.155 trillion metric tons. So that is, we are absorbing have, trees, 7 trillion more than we produce. Exactly. That we, Canada is. Yeah. Canada ab absorbs more than they produce. So um, why, why is Canada being stuck with this, you know, craziness? And I have this tweet up too. There was a retired firefighter. You can bring this one up. I just brought up. Well, I find the prayer pulled over one. No, you, I have to, you brought it up. It's way down in the bottom. You don't okay. have to go to the history. Right. Um, so there's a retired firefighter who said that they offered their services and their expertise. And they said, no, um, we don't want your, we don't want your help. And there was, there was a lot of that going on. Do you mean help you to find it? Well, just because you bring it right back up, I don't know. Is this the take a flight across Canada? Um, nope. This is Joanne Leslie 8 status. But did you already have it up once? I thought I, I don't know if I did or not. Okay. Let me look here. Sorry, guys. For some reason, there my... It is. is this one? Uh, yeah. That's got to be it. We are having technical difficulties We're getting today. it together. It's Everybody's fine. They can work with our technical difficulties. All right, Canada Fires, you're being lied to. Still think everything is under control. Listen to this expert in fighting fires. Still think this wasn't planned. Progressed last week and built this here. Hi, folks. I'm a retired forest technologist from the Department of Natural Resources, and I have 29 years' experience fighting forest fires here in Nova Scotia. As things progressed last week and buildings were burning and, and uh, people were being evacuated, I realized that, can't, that uh, Nova Scotia had a resource of retired uh, technical staff that were experts at fighting fire. And so I put together a team, I called some of these guys up and I put together a crack team. And then I immediately notified uh, natural resources at fire control in Shuby. I contacted a local district supervisor and they both notified me that the province wouldn't be interested in hiring on uh, re any retired staff to do work. So uh, at the same time we were being told that, the Premier was begging for help on every newscast that he could get on. So I started that last Tuesday and then I fought with the province uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and again on Friday, trying to get our guys put in key positions where they were needed throughout the province. And uh, I got the same answer continually. Thank you, but no thank you. Finally, I got frustrated and went on talk radio on Thursday. And then I got a phone call from Shuby Radio that said, uh, or not Shuby Radio, Shuby Fire Control, that they'd put my name on a list in the name of a few others. It was a polite way to say, look, uh, we, we know you're making noise. Thank you, but no thank you. We're still not gonna hire you guys to come fight fires. So, what taxpayers need to understand is while buildings were burning and the problems were short staff and our government was standing in front of TV cameras saying we're doing everything they can, they lied to your face. They didn't. I could have pulled together a lot more teams of guys, uh, retired guys willing to come out and do this. 
Uh, we were not offering to do front line, uh, hose line fire, but there's, there's uh, for every guy on the line, sometimes there's three guys behind the line providing, providing what they need in the way of services. And we were highly trained in both evacuation, all, level in, all levels of incident command. Personally, I've been incident commander on dozens of, uh, uh, dozens of different fires and fought fires up to 50,000 acres. And together on the first team I put together, we had close to 200 years of experience of fighting fires here in the, at the Acadia region of Nova Scotia. We have our own particular forests down here that, for example, all the crews that are being shipped in have zero experience fighting fires in an Acadian forest region. Uh, most of their experience is in boreal forests. The guys from South Africa have no experience up here. The guys from the U.S., same thing. And our own government passed over an opportunity to hire a team of professionals to come in and help them do the work they're now paying for foreigners to come in and do who aren't experienced uh, in, the, in our forest type. And it's absolutely a, a disgrace to the province. Now, I realized that there were major problems at all levels. There appears to be problem at, uh, at man, uh, bureaucratic levels, managerial levels, and at political levels. When things should have been done, they weren't getting done. But I'd like so I think that we get that. That yeah. is like that is so upsetting. It's not even funny. Like this guy is here. Like, hey, we can help. And so then it kind of just makes you question everything. It makes you question everything. I don't know if she can sit in your lap or not. She sure can. I don't know if she will. So this is the dog that yips when she, her back her goes back out. Hurts. But I think we'll be all right. Let's I see if we'll she'll stay. Okay. okay. So can they still see? They can still see. Let me right. a little foot here. Okay, so here we have Pierre Polavere, who um, is trying to talk about real issues that Canadians are facing, and Justin Trudeau's like, yeah, but climate change. Mr. Speaker, we don't need another drama performance. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when theatrics collides with mathematics, the math always wins. And after eight years of this Prime Minister, the Canadians have a, a, a stock of combined debt that is bigger than our entire GDP. In fact, we are the most indebted families of any country in the G7. The IMF says that Canada is the number one at-risk country for mass mortgage defaults. Will he reverse his inflationary and high interest rate policies before people go broke? Here, Prime Minister. I've, I've answered this question a few times, but the leader of the opposition continues to ask it because he refuses to go outside and see what is actually happening in Canada. Forest fires are raging. It's the worst year on record for forest fires already, but the fact is they are going to get worse in the coming years because climate change is real, and yet the Conservative Party continues to stand against the climate action that we've been taking, stand against the investment that we're making to support families, to support first responders. They continue to stand against help for Canadians who are losing their homes, losing their families, uh, losing their livelihoods. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Has he really sunk into the low of exploiting these fires for political gain to distract from his inflationary and high interest rate policies? Is that what it's come to? That he's so ashamed of his economic policy and record? I'm going to have to interrupt this because I mean, getting, I'm getting noise from both sides. I know this you can like Canada. It. I, I, you do that well. But I, what I what I need to have is I want to hear what's being said. And I'm sure both sides want to hear what's being said. I'm going to ask him to start from the top, please. 
Mr. Speaker, this Prime Minister has just lowered himself to the worst steps to try and distract from his disastrous economic record, he's now using the forest fires to change the channel. This is even lower than I would have expected from him. Mr. Speaker, Canadians are going to sit down tonight to discuss how they're going to move into a small apartment because they're going to have to give up their homes after his inflationary policies have driven up interest rates on Canadian mortgage holders who have record debt. Will the Prime Minister keep the promise he made six months ago to balance the budget and bring down inflation and interest rates before folks go broke. Yeah. Yeah. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, I've answered that question a dozen times. And for the Leader of the Opposition to consider uh, that the forest fires that are taking people from their communities and destroying their homes are a mere distraction and not top of mind for people from coast to coast to coast. I don't trust anybody. It's shameful. But the fact of the matter is he doesn't have anything to say about that because he refuses to put forward any real plan to fight against climate change and he does nothing but fight against our plan to fight climate change if he has a better plan we could just fight the fires i love my favorite line from that is that when trudeau says climate change is real it's a religion to it these is people. real i do want to kind of make a segue here to talking about the inflationary prices in canada have made it so that people cannot afford homes they cannot afford real life um so i want to play here this is a little clip about the crisis the financial crisis in canada it's not just that 1.5 million people are eating at food banks or one in five are skipping meals because of the price of food. The, the crisis is not just that a majority of Canadians now tell pollsters they're struggling to make ends meet or that even nine in 10 young people believe they will never afford a home. The crisis isn't even that it takes 63% of average monthly income to make payments on the average monthly home a record smashing uh, height. It, the, cri the crisis isn't even that it now takes 98% of pre-tax income in Vancouver for the average family to, uh, to pay. 98% uh, of pre-tax income to, for the average family to pay a mortgage in Vancouver, meaning nobody, average people can't afford a home in Vancouver. Right. A mortgage on the average house. Those things are all insane and unprecedented, but they are the ra reality after eight years. The real crisis is that there is a massive mortgage bubble that is ready to detonate in the years 2026 and 2027. Here is how this bubble occurred. Today, 38% of all mortgage debt was originated between January of 2021 and June of 2022, all when, when rates were at rock bottom. Interest rates are at historic lows, Glenn. Because the government printed $400 billion of cash and pumped it into the financial system, causing it to be artificially abundant and artificially cheap. People took on mortgages they would otherwise not be able to afford. How many households would become insolvent with a two percentage point increase in interest rates? You know, th these questions are extremely hypothetical. We have no intention of raising interest rates. This inflated housing prices and mortgages together, but those mortgages come up for renewal five years later. That will be between January 1st, 2026 and Jan June of 2027. And if interest rates are as high then as they are now, these people will run into a brick wall. The Bank of Canada says that they will face a 40% increase in mortgage payments. So if their payment right now is three grand, they will be paying an extra $1,300 a month, that, which Jack. equals almost $15,000 a year. Madam Speaker, the average Canadian does not have more than $200 left at the end of each month. They will not be able to pay it. That will lead to mass selling, and there will be no buyers because they won't. the buyers will not be able to pay the higher rates on those prices. 
That is a real crisis that we face if we do not change course immediately. So what must be done? We need to reduce inflation so that the Bank of Canada can reduce interest rates. How do we do that? Well, by doing the opposite of what we're doing now. Even top Liberals, like former uh, Finance Minister John Manley, has said that deficits are like putting the foot on the gas of inflation. What we need to do is take the foot off the gas, to balance the budget, to reverse the $60 billion yeah. inflationary spending that the government has put forward, and to honour the promise the government made just six months ago to have a medium-term plan to balance the budget within a half decade. If this government will do the common-sense thing, rise to its feet, present a plan to balance the budget, then we will allow a vote to occur. We know that the only way to rescue people from this crisis is through common sense. Okay, you can pause By that balancing here. the budget to This is really kind of one of the, the main stories that I want to talk to you guys about today. And there's a really interesting article um, on Zero Hedge. I kind of want to read a little bit about, to, sh to read a little bit from, to explain how did Canada get there. It's, a, it's the same story almost worldwide and especially in western nations the interest rates were extremely low because the economy was dying okay and unfortunately you guys even during the trump economy he kept he he kept interest rates at almost negative so it almost cost the banks money to lend them lend money to you it's very strange um how this kind of almost negative interest rate would work well with with that, with like 0% interest rates, that's when Vanguard and BlackRock and I don't know if you guys in America here, I get letters and I used to get them all the time during these low interest rates. Do you want to sell your home? Do you want to sell your home? Because they have investors, they have mm -hmm. money, and they know that real estate is one of those things like gold and silver that is a solid asset. Yes. So they want to they wanna take advantage. Here's, here's the thing about that our fake fiat dollar and why I'm telling you guys to go to ITM trading. If you have your savings, if you have your IRA um, and transfer this to gold and silver, because it's the, the financial system is going the way of the dinosaur, like worldwide one eight six six nine five zero seven 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 six three seven and a six is a great phone number. And just do, just call them if you have savings so that you're not stuck when this whole thing collapses. The House of Cards, what they've done is they've just put more cards on the House of Cards. Mm -hmm. They haven't made it more, they haven't made it stronger. They haven't made it more stable. And what we're seeing in Canada and what we're seeing around the world is that all the world banks are doing, are doing this. And they started it in World War One when they, everyone left the gold standard after the Federal Reserve here in America was created. We only had war, World War One. Let me, you, you, please get this ingrained in your head. There would have been no World War One, and no World War Two, if there was no creation of the Federal Reserve and other countries didn't leave the gold standard standard of money. You can't have war unless you can print endless dollars. So it's impossible. They created not fake, the way that we do war with, created, the, with the industrial complex. They created fake fiat dollars. You don't. Yeah, you don't have the. You don't have World War One. Right. You don't have World War Two. I mean, even the American Revolution wasn't a world war. These were, it was a war between two nations for something real. Right. Nobody can really even tell you what was World War One about. What was World War Two about? Oh, Hitler wanted to take over the world. Well, kind of. And then Japan wanted to. It wasn't Hitler on his own. Right. There were some mass maniacs 
who wanted to take over the world. And then what did communists want to do? They wanted to take over the world. What did Chairman Mao want to do? He wanted to take over the world, and he's doing it. And, and, and the communist re Chinese regime is taking over the world in a different way, different manner, through commerce. And now we've got the, the digital gulag. But it didn't need to be this way. And I kind of want to show you how things went south. So you guys know Yuval Noah Harari, the um, skinny little guy with glasses that says COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total bi biometric surveillance. Biometric surveillance, meaning your body. Um, using this virus as cover, the privileged power-mad parasites who pilfer the world's wealth have sharply accelerated their long-standing plan to create a single global empire that is completely under their command. The single global empire will ultimately employ the services of all the transnational institutions on the planet in order to regulate and control every aspect of human life. It is a global empire run by an exclusive club. I don't know how many people are in it. Some say 100, some say 200. It's probably in the thousands. Um, whose members do not pledge allegiance to any national flag. They view themselves as better than everybody else. You can see them in Hollywood. You can see, you, you know their MO when they come to the surface. So, um, this, the author, is this, uh, it has a name on the author, uh, by David Skiprak. Okay. He says, before I expose this global empire in more detail, I would like to share with you, dear reader, a story about his parents. It serves to contrast the 1950s version of the mass surveillance and harsh restrictions on individual freedoms in certain parts of the world with the 2020s. Okay, so he goes back to 1955. Her, his, uh, their, his parents, Meida um, uh, and Jenko, risk everything to leave their homeland, the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. It was not a decision they took lightly, for it meant losing everything, possibly their lives. If Yugoslav authorities were ever found out that um, his parents had no intention of returning after visiting uh, Austria for what they told the border cars was a simply simply fun ex weekend excursion. Since the end of the uh, World War II, Yugoslavia had been run by communists under the leadership of Josip Broz Tito. Although Tito's government tried to improve the living standards of average persons, um, the authoritarian uh, rule left a lot to be desired. For instance, a major impediment to progress was the entrenched corruption at every level in the Yugoslav government. Members of the Communist Party received privileges and favors. And you kind of get this idea of what was happening in the uh, in, in communist um, Yugoslavia. So there was a surveillance net cast over Yugoslav society and restrictions imposed on civil liberties became worse. Um, between there was a rift between Belgrade and Moscow in the 40s and 50s. Starting in 48, the Soviets actively tried to interfere with Yugoslavia's domestic political affairs. For example, in June of 1948, the Soviets addressed the Yugoslav people with a call to overthrow their government. Yet despite Moscow's shadow permeating all levels of Yugoslav's internal affairs, Tito's communists managed to retain power. So his mother had um, stayed in contact with a friend. And they were able to go to Austria, and then they went to the Austrian border, and then um, they took a train and reached Austria by nightfall. It was, uh, at the time, it was divided into four allied occupation zones, British, America, French, and Soviet. Before uh, the train was allowed to cross into the British occupation zone, the Yugoslav military authorities boarded in search of anyone who looked remotely suspicious. 
And his parents had been instructed uh, by their friend to uh, look the soldier straight in the eye and smile when asked to present their documents for inspection. His nervousness would get you called out. Years later, he says his parents told him that it was one of the most difficult moments they ever had to endure as they saw um, a, a passenger interrogated ahead of them and was removed and dragged away. You know, you're waiting for those border guards to come and take you away. So they had this great relief. They were allowed to go. And um, once they reached the train station, they had no idea where they were going to go. So they stood on the platform until a man in the great, a gray trench coat approached him and said, in perfect Croatian, are you visiting or escaping? After hearing their answer, the man chaperoned them to a processing center where they were provided with food and water by a Catholic relief agency, uh, the Caritas Internationalis. Uh, and there they were transported by bus along with other refugees to a displaced person camp located in uh, uh, Wells, Austria, in the American occupation zone. There, his parents were interrogated and processed by American officials. Although the camp was crammed with refugees from all over Eastern Europe, everyone made a point of getting along. There was Hungarians, Ukrainians, Slavians. Uh, these were real refugees, by the way. Okay? So, they actually... Uh, I believe that they ended up in Canada. He goes, lately I've asked myself, and my parents live today. This is a very interesting question. In the region now known as the former Yugoslavia, and if they sought to move to a country that promised them an opportunity to improve their fortunes, where would they go? If they were looking for a place in which the inherent inalienable rights of citizens are respected by the government, could they find such a place on any continent? Would they still travel to the Commonwealth country of Canada? Would they venture as far as the two southernmost commonwealth nations, New Zealand and Australia? Would they flee to the United States or to a U.S.-controlled European Union country? Uh, how about moving to one of the BRICs, Brazil, That's Russia, or India? Um, or maybe even China? One way to answer these questions is to take a look at the current political economic conditions in, in these countries and ascertain a freedom factor. So, at 2023, let's look at Canada. He says... Um, when my parents immigrated to Canada in 1957, it was indeed a land of opportunity and of plenty. It was possible for a middle-class single-income family with two children to own a house, a couple of vehicles, and perhaps a summer cottage. He says, my parents had only a sixth grade education, but they were willing to work hard. And get this, in a span of two years, they earned and saved enough money to start their own business, a beauty salon. By 1963, they were able to buy their first detached home for $10,000, which that's about the same. I think our home was bought in 1965 here for $15,000. It's a, uh, a basement. It's a Cape Cod um, for $15,000. With a $5,000 down payment in five years, they had their mortgage paid off. Wow. Um, from their modest income. Now imagine that that same scenario would look like today. The average selling price of a Canadian detached home in January of 2023 is $612,000. If we apply what his parents did, putting down half the price, they would have to shell out $306,000 up front and pay the rest $306,000 over the next five years. That works out to approximately $61,200 in annual mortgage payments, not including interest. If we calculate the cost of food, clothing, and travel, another $40,000 a year for an average four-person uh, per family, they would have to earn $100,000 a year plus another $100,000 or so to cover property and income taxes and mortgage interest. Thus, they would have to earn around $200,000 pre-tax annual income to live in a fairly moderate lifestyle to achieve this simple life from the 1960s. 
The truth of the matter is that in Canada, as in most of the world, the cost of living has skyrocketed. The broad middle class that existed in Canada and most of the Western world through the 50s and through the 80s, three decades, when the average worker could own his own home, home is being squeezed out of existence. Uh, you've got rapid inflation. So when you look at some of the other places, let's look at uh, Australia and New Zealand. All right. The rulers of the other uh, 55 nations in the Commonwealth couldn't engineer an excuse to follow, can, follow for following Canada's freeze on bank accounts. Oh, when we were talking about, um, I'm not sure which one they were talking about, but we're going to keep going. But some of them adopted especially savage matters, m measures to eradicate the alleged COVID virus. The Australian government not only mandated curfews, uh, masks. But this isn't about housing. No, no. This, this one is, like is about shift. where would you go for freedom? Right. So I think he goes on to talk about the freedom and the convoy, right, in Canada. Would you go there? Would you go to Canada? Would you go to Australia and New Zealand and the UK? A lot of people migrated to the United States and to Canada For because of the freedoms that were yeah. so widely known around the world. Right. Those freedoms don't exist anymore. So yeah. if you are comparing the Yugoslavian you know, crisis to, right. well, is it going to be worth the right. complete upheaval? Right. Of moving our entire family across the world so he goes, for more slavery? Yeah, so he goes on to say, um, you've got the young global leaders all over the world. You had Jacinda in, in New Zealand. You've got Trudeau. You've got um, Macron in France. They are everywhere. You've got now a socialist who was put in in Brazil by uh, our government. Where would you go? You've got the uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCCC. You've got... Uh, CC. You've got the Agenda 2030. You've got the Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. You've got the Bilderberg Group. Um, and then the implementation of the CBDCs with the rollout of the digital ID. You've got um, 2023 looking at us straight in the face. Basically, there's nowhere to look. There's nowhere to go. We, we have to um, fix this from the inside out. Right? Exactly. We have reached a point where what happens is this escapism mindset. Well, I'll just go here. Mm -hmm. We've heard this over the years. Our side has used it. Their side has used it. Well, if you don't like it, just move. Well, at this point, there's nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. You're stuck. And yeah. so that means that we have to use the power of God to fix it. Let me read some comments here. Over here on Rumble, we've got a lot, a lot of comments going on. Um, Midnight Rambler says... Canadians will not worry if the houses burn because the banks will already have foreclosed on them. Wicked Sykes says the problem isn't whether climate change, whether uh, climate change exists or not. It is what they are proposing as solutions and what they blame it on. Um, let's see. Salty Mama says, PG, have you heard of land patents? I just joined a Facebook gr group. Um, regular constitutional ownership law, all to move everyone to a 15-minute cities. They will save you. First of all, to address your first comment, yes, we've talked about land, land patents. We haven't delved too deep into it. I think we need to just fix it because we shouldn't need land patents. But it is it is something, and it is very real, and it's intriguing. Let's put it that way. Um, Midnight Rambler says, can somebody spell guillotine? Jenny says, that person who said, I eat one meal a day, do they have a PayPal account or a GoFundMe? Oh, my gosh. Jenny, that is so sweet. Um, I don't know if she's still here, but Sarah... Um, why don't you shoot me an email and Jenny, you can shoot me an email and I can hook you guys both up together. So that's massfaith33 at gmail.com. It's in the description of all of our videos. So if you both shoot me an email, I can hook you guys up. You are amazing, Jenny. Um, 
Midlight Rambler says, some trees have evolved to release their seeds during forest fires. It is natural forest renewal. That's really neat. Um, Biffmo says, that person should set up a Give, Send, Go account. It's the number one free Christian fundraising site. Um, Midnight Rambler says, if anybody recalls a few years back, the California fires were started by a left-wing nutbag college professor. Has anybody asked where he was lately? Um, let me go over here to DLive. Let's see. What is needed is something called controlled burning. That way the flammable stuff gets burned off, which causes less damage. That's Britt Baza on the forest fires. There, Hilt says, you worked hard, I'm sure, Baza, or real good at your job. Well, that was there having a conversation over that. You guys are so awesome. So here's the deal, guys. When it comes to the forest fires, the climate change, freedom, all of this is designed, and I don't know who over here on, on uh, Rumble said it, is these 15-minute cities. They are trying to herd us all together Can you bring in this? one place. Yeah, could you bring this back up? I just want yep. to show people uh, this picture here. Kind of show, kind of breaks things down. So you've got the global public partnerships. So you've got the policymakers at top. It's a very long article. I there you it. go. Um, you've got the policy distributors. Okay, so let's let's kind of break this down. All right, so we've got the um, the Bank of International Settlement settlements at the top. They ultimately control the money supply and the global markets to trade in the national economies. Then you've got the central banks coordinated by the uh, banks for international settlements. They are going to direct and directly funding the government spending. Monetary policy has effectively become fiscal policy. So then you've got the think tanks of the global representative groups. These formulate the policies to achieve um, the these objectives, the global public private partnership objectives. So these are the these it's not necessarily governments, it's kind of moving and shaking and different people. So you've got the Rockefellers. Uh, the World Economic Forum, the Council of Foreign Relations, and then you've got the policy distributors. How are we going to get this to the people? So you've got the United Nations, the IMF, the World Bank, the WHO, global corporations and NGOs. Then you've got the policy enforcers that enforce these policies. So you've got national governments, you've got the NHS, you've got the Ofcom, the police, the military, and then you've got sec uh, selected scientific authorities, right? And then you've got the policy propagandists, and they are uh, going to be the social media platforms, uh, the anti-hate and then checks. the public. That's us. And what I found interesting was that at the end of this article, he asks, he does ask his 96-year-old father, where would you go in 2023 to find freedom? And he says, knowing what the world is like today, I would probably not go anywhere. Yes, Belarus holds the gold standard when it comes to not complying with the COVID narrative, but I would most likely stay in my home country of Croatia. I would join a network of like-minded people, someone like journalist uh, Andri Kalurik, um, so that together we can find solutions for this nightmare. Wow. And so the conclusion is, you just got to fix where you're at. Mm -hmm. And we have to do that with the power of God. It's the only way that's going to work. We are at the appeal to heaven moment. We, we are. All right. A story that came out this week was Poland was likely the base of operations for the Nord Stream sabotage, mm -hmm. and Ukraine mm -hmm. did it. Ukraine did it. So one of my first tweets I have up here um, is a map. Uh, are they saying that? Not yet. So how in the world did Ukraine th – the point is that Ukraine's Navy – did not do this. They're like they're trying to say Ukraine did it because that would make it part of war. Okay? 
and I don't have a problem with Ukraine doing it or not, but I'm not taking this as the narrative, okay? Because Ukraine, look at, I'm truly amazed at the Ukrainian Navy's ability to sail undetected for 10,000 miles round trip to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline with their Navy SEALs. I trust the Washington Post and the CIA, which assures me that this is totally plausible despite Ukraine not having a functioning Navy. So I don't know if you guys know this, but Ukraine right there borders the Black Sea. Does not have, how in the world? Ukraine had to go through Poland. You're looking at this and obviously the base was Poland. Even if it was Ukrainian Navy SEALs, which is does not exist, okay? Then what's the, what is, what is the point? Okay, of, of the Washington Post came out with an article and basically is doing cover. Well, at least it was Ukraine and it was legitimate and it was war. And I have a video. I don't know if you've got the George Galloway video up. I do. Okay, so he's, okay, let's play him. You know what it's like doing shows with you? The, um, that, the matching game where you flipped over a card and then you flip it back over and you have to remember where it was. Yeah, That's I what know. it's like doing shows with I know. you. I know intelligence service mouthpieces like the New York Times and the Washington Post who say that America has concluded that Ukraine blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipelines, the gravest environmental act of terrorism in history, I remind you. The Americans say that Zelensky's regime did it. Who will hold them accountable if that is even true? What will be the price paid? We already know the price paid by the European gas consumer. We already know the price paid by European industry in the European unemployment lines. We already know that. But is anybody going to hold Zelensky to account for an act of terrorism, the second biggest act of terrorism, and arguably in the long term, an even more grave act of terrorism than 9-11 itself. Wow. wow. This was an act of terrorism, and this blew up the pipeline that went to Germany. Now, I've got a couple more videos here. I don't know if you've got this one of this quaint-looking town. This is Kiev last weekend, and Trudeau is jet-setting to Kiev. Uh, to, uh, I don't know, mainstream, then I'll find it. Hang on. And basically, I have, I have real questions about this crazy war that's going on. I have, and it, it might be, I think I can, I think I brought it up after the doc, I think I brought it up after this. Okay. I have real questions about this war because I'm not seeing or hearing about the devastation that everybody keeps talking about. I am mm -hmm. really confused. This is a video of Kiev this weekend. Last weekend. I've got another, I've got, I don't know, do you have this one up? I don't know. 
I don't know. What's it? What's the who's who shared it? Still gray. Uh, Ian Miles. Yeah, that's what I usually look for. The actual person that shared it. No, let me pull it up. Hang on. So, Leah, what you are inferring here is that there is a possibility that there is not a war going on. I don't. What, I don't know. You, I don't know. At? Tell no. I don't know. I don't know why I'm not. I'm not implying anything. Uh, I'm not implying anything. I want to know what's going on. I know that Bakhmut, that's what we covered last week, was totally obliterated and taken over by Russia and secured by Russia. These these Ukrainians don't seem to. They're having a good gale time, and we are here thinking that Ukrainians are are um we're sending let me, them no. billions of dollars let me explain worth of something. equipment and money what the heck do you need ukrainian refugees for when these people in kiev seem to be happy why not just send ukrainians to kiev why are they going all over europe that's a good question they this is a safe place in your own country so what's the dancing here i don't know this is some sort of military propaganda to encourage people to either join the military or something, it's got fancy guys. Stayte, zupanice, ne mozhnevo odnchasno tancuvate i kruvate dron. Shomo ni, mozhna robiti scho zavgodno i jak zavgodno, golovne, vykonati zavdanya. Parad! So if you join the Ukrainian military, you get to dance with girls in are good girls are need the military because you can run the drone what did i just watch what the heck Ukrainian was that war propaganda leah hang on hang on hang on you know what i find really disturbing about that though 
is the Zelensky all over it? Not, well, it, thank you. No, I didn't even think that, but that's a really good point. It, like, it's... Pandering to children to play with the kind of dancing, caricature video dancing games. video game, meaning you can go to war and all you'll have to do is use a drone to drop a bomb, not lay your life down. Yeah, really. Right? But you make an excellent point. We know that Zelensky was a dancer. Zelensky was a performer. So now you can be like Zelensky. You join the military, you can dress in fatigues and dance. So I got this clip here uh, from uh, I don't even know what we just watched. Glenn Beck uh, talking about the American. I think we're, we're it says the U.S. is sending another two point one billion dollars in weapons. So they can play with weapons again. You want to know why Ukraine is so important? Listen to this. The Pentagon granted companies unprecedented leeway to monitor themselves. Mm. Instead of saving money, Assad told us the price of almost everything began to rise. In the competitive environment before the companies consolidated, a shoulder-fired Stinger missile cost $25,000 in 1991. With Raytheon, now the sole supplier, it cost more than $400,000 to replace each missile sent to Ukraine. Even accounting for inflation and some improvements, that's a seven-fold increase. A seven-fold increase and nobody's talking about it? $400,000 every time a Ukrainian soldier fires a Stinger missile. <laughs> We've been sending them Stingers uh, to Ukraine like candy, box of bees. CNN reported that Ukraine has asked for 500 Stinger missiles per day. That's $20 million every day just for stingers. Now, last year, the Pentagon had to allocate nearly $1.5 billion just to restock our own troops with the same weapon. Oh my gosh. And they're playing. Doesn't it look like they're playing? Like, this is some sort of game? Like, they're just randomly, there's like, like, they're playing video games, but like, with the like, can uh, we just, I want to clip this segment, like, by itself. For every liberal that ever said to me that I just don't want to pay for police and roads because I believe that the government is spending too much money. What the heck is that? That's not even our country. Why are we paying 20, why would we pay $20 million a day, day for one thing for another country and then the left come and tell me, you just don't want roads or paying for the police. Why don't you guys just see this? I'm happy to pay for roads and the police. Could we, could we just, could I just write a check for roads and police real quick and then be done with it? Because this is not roads and police. I want you guys to see this. Um, the sad truth is that Ukraine has been in the process of being partitioned by foreign power since the two thousand early 2000s at least. The current conflict is just the visible tip of a very complicated iceberg. So if you look at the westernmost parts of Ukraine, they voted 100% for Yanukovych. And he was their Ukrainian guy. Um, and that, or Yanukovych is the, uh, the guy in Ukraine who, who had good relations with Russia. And if you look, I'm sorry, I'm going to get this backwards. 
Yanukovych is the, is the guy on for the Eastern 100% Eastern Russians supported Russian supported. You guys can see this breakup. The Eastern is Russian supported, and but look at the breakdown. So on on either coast, 100%. Um, I would say on the West Coast with the red is going to be your globalist aligned people. And on the right is going to be your Russian-aligned people. Once again, this is a 2010 partition here. That's a 2017. Well, it says the presidential okay. election. In oh, that's the presidential election, but it came out in 2017. Right. Yeah, exactly. So this is how people voted in the 2010 election. Meaning, essentially, they've been divided and been being divided for a lot longer than the Ukrainian war. But, like, not right even, now. like, simply, not, like, even a simple divided. Like, the, the West and the center... Um, and then the southeast and it's the a east. Hard full stop. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah, complete division. Complete division. And there's not. Yeah, there's not much we we can do about that. Okay, a couple more stories here from Canada. So, um, Toronto Blue Jays uh, dropped their pitcher Anthony Bass following anti-LGBTQ comments. So the Toronto Blue Jays have designated pitcher Anthony Bass for assignment. Uh, uh, has have designated him for assignment. I guess they're just dropping him following an anti-LGBTQ post the 35-year-old shared on social media last month. The move comes hours before the Blue Jays' first game of Pride Week when the team faces the Minnesota Twins. Base was expected to take part in the festivities, including catching the ceremonial first pitch on Friday. The Blue Jays' general manager, Ross Atkins, said Bass's performance on the field was primarily a baseball decision. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so Bass had to do an apology, um, I guess. Um, what did he actually say? In May, Bass shared an Instagram post that called for anti-LGBTQ boycotts of Target and Bud Light uh, and referred to the support of the LGBTQ community as evil and demonic. He later apologized for the post while speaking to reporters but was booed by fans. And he goes, the video itself, obviously, I took it down. I just feel like it was too much of a distraction, right? But I stand by my personal beliefs, and everyone's entitled to their personal beliefs. But I also, I mean, no harm toward any group of peoples. And I feel like da taking down the second time uh, was the right thing to do and not being a distraction. And as a team, our job is to win baseball, and that's my focus. Um, but he said he did not perceive the post as hateful. Um, and so, yeah, that... That you have to go through a struggle session and then you're gone. You have to go through the requisite struggle session. It's better to just stand by what you believe because they're going to get rid of you anyways. There's no apology. Once you've crossed right. that line, then it's just a slow drop. I just have a, to a wonder about the cognitive dissonance of, some, of people that do make a post and then mm. walk it back. Like, if I was in his position, I would already be thinking... If I am going to stand up for my beliefs, I could lose my job. Mm -hmm. You just know that. Like, mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to do that. Whatever you do, here's the deal. The Bible says you should either be hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, God's going to spew you out of his mouth. And society, we are the same way. Like, we're like, listen, we were fine with you not saying anything. Okay? Just don't say anything. But then when you say it and you do a video about it and you get everybody all excited... And then you walk it back. We're all just like, blah, what is that? Yeah. And you're, they're going to fire you anyways. Yeah. And so it's better just to go ahead and stand up for what is right. Um, 
than than to take the 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 steep decline down. Now I'm actually going to do a story um, about um, a J uh, J K Rowling, but I think I'm going to do that when we do that off of Facebook. But let's go ahead and before we say goodbye to Facebook and I cover a few more things. Um, I want to play this particular clip from our Neil favorite about Neil. the liars. Um, this no, one, no, this one is, on. yeah, this one is about governments are supposed are ex exist to help promote your individual happiness, not to promote their own agenda, not to bring be this dot drop down. Here's the thing: we need to recognize that governments are not instituted to have some sort of global hegemony of um, financial markets. We are and supposed to be the government, by the way. Exactly. We are supposed to be the government, and we're supposed to wake up every day and just live our life as we can, as, as God leads us off the land. And every time we turn to the left and every time we turn to the right now, and I've been doing this for the past 100 years, is they need to control you. You are a menace to them. You are a mosquito. They want you here so that you'll do work for them, so that when it comes to, let's say, cars that they want to drive, or airplanes that they want to fly to get to the places that they want to go. They want to go to Fiji. They want to go. Mm -hmm. They want to hop. Well, they need you yeah. to, they need somebody in a factory to make the small little parts. And then they need somebody in a big hangar to put the parts together. They need you. They need you fed, but they don't want you to have the good food. They want right. you on the bugs, right? And so they need you, but how much do they need you? So they look at places like India. Like, we don't need a lot of those people in India, but some of them are pretty smart, so let's keep the smart ones that can do some of the technology. We don't need everybody in China, but let's keep a few of them. And China's pushing back on that, recognizing that um, they, I think they, they, they pushed too far on the getting rid of people agenda, and they learned from it um, a little bit. And they are now encouraging people to have families and... If you guys didn't know this, they're now like paying people to have families in China. It's absolutely amazing. Crazy. All right. So um, let's play this by Neil. I say government exists now not to defend the right of the people to pursue happiness, but to deny those rights and so enable the enrichment and advantage of a narrow clique of the wealthiest obsessed with power. The intention at the same time is to make as many of us as possible unhappy and condemned to lesser lives. I say that that clique comprises those most fearful, those afraid of their fellow humankind. So fearful are they of our existence, they would move heaven and earth and everything in between in order to hobble our potential. When we are made to contemplate 15-minute ghettos and no cars and no air travel and no movement without digital IDs and no buying and selling without the approval of more of those government flunkies and their artificial intelligence, when we're told we will own nothing and be happy, that we should accept lives devoid of aspiration, when we're made to contemplate such nonsense, what are we supposed to think has happened to our inalienable right to freedom and to the pursuit of happiness? If you're asking me for the answers to these questions, I say we've been made victims of an attempted theft yes. perpetrated by so-called leaders who are liars. Yes. I say they lied throughout the so-called pandemic. Yes. I say they lie about the war in Ukraine. Yes. I say they lie about the climate. I say yes. they lied about who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Yes. And it seems to me they're lying now about who blew up the dam in Kherson in southern Ukraine. There was a dam. I say they're lying about the intentions behind the amendments to the WHO Pandemic Preparedness Treaty. They're lying about all of it because lying is what liars do when they've ah. nothing else and nothing ah. left to lose. Except for one MP, 
being Andrew Bridgen of the Reclaim Party. No one in Westminster will talk about excess deaths past and present. I say this is lying by omission, which is just lying. I say we've not been run by inept people who just kept getting it wrong, rather by liars who told us to do one thing while themselves doing something else. Yes. Here and abroad they tell the same lie at the same time, even when they know we know they're lying, mm. because knowing they're all telling the same lie at the same time at least gives them the reassurance of solidarity mm. in their lying. More and more people are awake to the lying. The last time I checked, 80 million people had turned to former Fox News host Tucker Carlson on his new channel on Twitter, likely in search of information no longer available from mainstream sources. Ah. In this time of lying, in this time of the attempted theft of our inalienable right ah. to life and freedom and the ah. pursuit of happiness, we have an important choice to make. We must decide what our values are. Mm. For 2,000 years and more, the West has been built around the belief that the highest achievement of the universe is humankind. A person raised within that tradition used to regard respect for humankind, the sanctity of humankind and love of humankind as the highest values of all. And yet now we tolerate a version of the West in which humankind is fed food that makes humankind ill, mm. is openly exploited by the drugs industry that keeps them ill. Mm. Humankind that has freedom and bodily autonomy blatantly ignored and that must watch war inflicted upon his fellows for no higher goal than the financial gain of the military industrial complex. We're also watching the mutilation of children in the name of the transgender ideology, which is another lie. Most recently, we have been invited to fear so-called artificial intelligence, told it might supplant us as a species. Then there's the transhumanism that insists we're no longer fit for purpose anyway. Carbon life forms, your time is up. Make way for silicon. And so as never before, we must think about what it means to be human and choose whether we are for humankind, against humankind, or just ambivalent about our chances of continuing to exist at all. I said the thoughts that gave birth to the Declaration of Independence and the sentiments of the Gettysburg Address were ancient by the time they were built into the lower courses of the masonry supporting the United States of America. The American dream remains that, just a dream, while the stated aims of the authors of the Declaration of Independence were aspirations most high that have never yet been realised. Among those founding fathers were slave owners, so that even those capable of conceiving of a world of equality and freedom for all men and women were nonetheless incapable of living up to their own ideals. It was ever thus. But just because a grand idea has not yet been made real doesn't mean it never can be. Now, when the future of humankind depends upon it, all possible efforts must be made to renew that noble aspiration. A document called the Declaration of Our Broth is on public display in Scotland now. It was written in 1320 and, among other bold pronouncements, declares that while King Robert, the Bruce, had done a grand job, still made plain that if he failed the people, failed to defend their freedoms, those same people would do whatever necessary to be rid of him and to find someone better. Here's the thing. Freedom is ours by right and the pursuit of happiness is ours by right. We've always known as much, in our hearts at least. It was and is, declares the Declaration of Our Broth, not for glory, nor for riches, nor honours that we're fighting, but for freedom alone, which no honest man gives up, but with life itself. That much was true in 1320. It was true in 1776. It's true now. It will always be true. Ah, love him so much. He talked about two things that I want to talk about. Lying. So you guys know Mr. Bean. Mm -hmm. Remember Mr. Bean? He thinks people lied about he was duped about electric vehicles. So 
uh, he says that the uh, the environmental um, kind of panacea. It is claimed to be. I've never seen that word before. So British actor and automotive enthusiast Rowan Atkinson has expressed buyer's remorse amid the left's relentless push for electric vehicles, revealing in a new essay that his early adopter, as a early adopter, he feels duped. He played Mr. Bean on the popular British TV series, penned an editorial for The Guardian of all places Saturday. And detailing his experience with electric vehicles. In the op-ed, he also criticized the British government proposal to ban the sale of new gas and diesel cars by 2030. Electric vehicles may be a bit soulless, but they're wonderful mechanisms, fast, quiet, and until recently very cheap to run. But increasingly, I feel duped. When you start to drill into the facts, electric motoring doesn't seem to be quite the environmental panacea uh, uh, it is claimed to be. Panacea. There's he noted greenhouse, this is important, this is kind of his important part. He noted that greenhouse gas emissions created in the production of an electric car were 70% higher than that of a gas car due to the lithium ion batteries. They're absurdly heavy, huge amounts of energy are required to make them, and they are estimated to last only about 10 years. It seems a perverse choice of hardware, which will lead to the automobile's fight against climate crisis. Uh, the problem with the initiative is that it seems to be based on conclusions drawn from only one part of the car's operating life, that which comes out of the exhaust pipe. And I thought, he's like, uh, I've been lied to. Okay. Now, speaking of family and family units, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running as a Republican candidate, actually is talking to, um, talking to uh, about the hung Hungary's plan on how to revive the family. And I thought this was kind of neat. Give me some examples of when you talk about reviving, let's say, family. I know that's been a big part of the pro-family policy agenda. W what are some of the things you did to make that happen? It is, and it's connected to the to the problem of uh, of, of mass illegal migration. So all the Western countries are in demographic uh, decline, and according to all the public opinion polls. Mothers and, and fathers, uh, boys and girls, uh, young, young parents, they actually want to have more children than at the end they, they will have. So, so they, 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 they want to have more children. We don't have to convince them. We don't have to force them to have more children. We just have to help them to reach their goals. And the problem is right now that, that the, the liberal state is uh, in favor of supporting mass, mainly illegal migration, instead of putting all the resources into family support programs. So we did the reverse. We, we, we introduced the border fence. Uh, we stopped actually illegal migration on our borders. And we said that we don't want to spend our money to the very costly integrational programs, which are not always uh, successful, but we want to give these money to the families, to those who want to raise more uh, children. That is so good. And speaking of the refugees, I'm going to sign off Facebook here. I'm going to play one more video from Italy and briefly touch on something, uh, a terror attack that happened in France this week. Uh, but I want to leave with this. This I wanted to play last week. So in Italy, continuing a trend throughout Europe, Italians in Rome held a family pride parade to celebrate traditional family values. I love this.
building up a baby. Okay, so we're going to say goodbye to Facebook. Mm-hmm. All right, before we say goodbye to Facebook, um, this coming week, we're going to be doing a show with Casper McCloud, and I will let you guys know, so stay tuned for that, because I don't know where it's going to air, if it's going to be live or um, whatever. Leah, what else do we have? Uh, this week, we have not decided on Revelation we're doing the Red, Red I think we're going to do Who's the Antichrist, we the Man of Lawlessness. That. Okay. Yeah. Who? Tell all your friends. You got, Tell all your friends you've always wanted to know who the Antichrist is. What is that referring to? We're going to get into it. We're going to have a ton of scriptures to back that up and historical context, which I think will be really fun and exciting. So uh, on Facebook, Teresa says the electric cars is really about being able to turn it off when you don't comply. Global initiative. Well said, Teresa. Exactly. So, you know, I have a thing that I've been meaning to do. And I haven't done it yet, so stay tuned. I ordered the um, a set of the my pillow sheets that we haven't ordered yet, and I've been waiting to put them. I I have to. I have to be honest. I'm one of those people. My my room is my castle. I keep it. It's the cleanest room in the house because I like it that way. And I haven't had a time to keep it clean lately, and so I haven't done the video that I've been wanting to do where I'm gonna I'm gonna get the sheets out. But until I do that, in the meantime. You need to go and get the, the 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 sandals right now that are still on sale. So go to MyPillow.com. Lee and I are literally wearing the MyPillow sandals every single yeah, day. I love them they so much. They are squishy. I live in them. They are just phenomenal when I don't need to have gym shoes on. The flip-flops are really boots. sharp. I don't really like flip-flops, but they look really cool. You mean the, they call them the thongs, but mm-hmm. Lee doesn't like them because she doesn't like anything in between her toes. Yeah. But they have both types. I'm telling you, go and support Mike Lindell. Go to mypillow.com. Get use the promo new code pillow RC. 2.0. It's, I think there's still buy one, get one buy free. Buy one, right get now. one this free. Like cooling yes. Cooling technology, climate, whatever. Um, so the sheets are on sale. I think the towels are still on clearance. There's a certain Don't different forget like, set of colors there. Vicky Natali, Organic Body Essentials. If you guys have this therapeutic gel, it's, it's amazing. amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And you mix it with a little bit of the extreme terpenes. It, we say this is um, CBD, but it's really, she has 
extracted these terpenes and made them as powerful as possible. There's nothing in it that makes you high or anything like that. It literally just attaches to your body and like opens up the muscles. That cured a a back that went out on me. I couldn't believe it. Exactly. So you can go to obe.organicbodyessentials.com to get that. All of those are in the descriptions on all the videos. Yeah, exactly. All right, Facebook, you've got the link to Rumble. Head on over because we're going to talk about the things that you can't talk about. And that's got to be the best stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this week I saw a video from a woman who said that Biden was speaking privately to certain companies saying, you companies can do what we governments cannot. You have to change the world on this issue. Now, remember what we, in the article I showed you on, you've got the, the, the uh, World Bank at the, at the top, and then you've got the enforcers, yeah. which, is, which are kind of the corporations. I want you to play this video, and I want you to listen to her very carefully. Uh, there are initiatives that they are pushing out. This is particularly the, um, the uh, global LGBT initiative. Mm-hmm. To, and, and let me explain something. So the push that you're seeing from the Toronto uh, Blue Jays firing a pitcher for saying you should maybe boycott Target or Bud Light. Um, when you've got boycott Target and Bud Light because they're bad products to start with, like Target doesn't even have good stuff and Bud Light is just cheap beer. (laughs) Well, we don't drink beer. I'm just saying you could boycott it because it's beer. So you've got Nike pushing Cracker Barrel pushing LGBT this June month. Now we played a very interesting clip from Jonathan Kahn and this is getting into my soul and I kind of want to do a separate video just on this. So look, I, I want to do this, Michelle. Make, well, want to make this happen. Making a note. Okay. I want to do a video because um, Jonathan Kahn, he, he has a new book. It's called The Rise of the Gods. Yes. And what he is talking about is that the Baals, the Ishtars, um, people didn't just randomly worship these gods and sacrifice to them and sacrifice their children like the god Malek. Come on. There were satanic spirits that had certain uh, qualities to them, okay? And they, after the church went west, there was a mass exorcism and people didn't worship these gods anymore. I have goosebumps all over my body, okay? This is, this is, this is so anointed. This is the power of God. After I saw this video that Pastor Jack Stagman sent to me. We played it on Friday if you guys want to watch it. You have to go back and watch Friday's whole show just to get But to you that. guys are going to get another video on this because I want to just cover just this. Okay. Are they going to get it right now or later? No. Because I got it. We're going to do a whole little segment on this um, next time we. we should, maybe, maybe we'll we make, make it our. Red pill. Well, maybe. We make it a Sunday show? We, we might make Ooh. it a, a Bridie Orange segment. Okay. Um, God just flickered in me because he showed how this goddess Ishtar was married to Baal and throughout throughout like the different eras she would change but um she was the um her month was June Mm -hmm. and she was all about pride and they would have parades, and it was said that she could, she could change, change her gender. No, and she, help could, change, she, could, uh, she could change her own gender. I didn't she, catch yeah, that, yeah, one. That, that. He said that. Or she could change others' genders. She could change men into women and, and women, women into, into men. men. And <laughs> in especially during, like, when uh, they're sacrificing in Rome, they're sacrificing to Greek gods, 
I don't know if you guys know this, but they kind of looked at pedophilia, especially in, in Greek and Roman societies, as normal. Exactly. And actually... Because it's satanic and demonic. I believe it's in the British Museum that they had, they brought a piece of Roman um, art. It was like a cup. Mm. And on the one side, it depicted uh, literally somebody Get carved out. No, you don't. A, a sexual act with a little no, boy because it was that normal. And so don't tell me that the world is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse right now, guys. Okay. Because it's been bad. No, there was a mass exorcism. Right. And in the past 100 years, just Here within the past 100 years, since the end times philosophy, I'm going to tell you there's two things that happened. Well, along, there's three. The Industrial Revolution. And with that, people were getting off the farms, the creation of the Federal Reserve and the end times theology. So with the end times theology, you don't fight the other two. Boom. Okay, because as the world gets worse, you think it's Jesus coming back. Yep. So, um, with when we recognize that the children, like uh, Elliot Page, who was at, formerly Ellen Page, a mm -hmm. female actress, yeah. just came out this week that she said, "Get this before she, uh, she, before she cut her chest off and became a boy, she had had a fit where she hit herself in the head trying to knock herself out." And she heard a vo she heard voices in her head. No, and it said you don't have to do this. And she got a hold of a doctor, and within like a month, they cut her chest off. So here's the thing. Let me ask you this: She has a, a literal mental illness who is self harming, and they're saying exactly. We're hey, self don't hit yourself in the head. Just cut off body parts. Yeah. Like that's better. Right. Exactly. She so must she's got, have been did, molested did, in 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 Hollywood. The transgender agenda is demonic. Yes. She heard demons, and everybody is saying that online. She listened to demons. Yeah. Demons told her to do this. Mm -hmm. What demons? The demons of the goddess Ishtar. Yes. And so we're now seeing the goddess Ishtar and this satanic realm around so this to create a new occult. have to rise up and cast this down. But if it was gone, it can be gone again. These Then send them down to the lake of fire. Amen. So we're going to play this video and recognize that everything she's talking about, as she's talking about Davos and the World Economic Forum and how they got together and how these people are getting together to push this agenda from the mm -hmm. top down on you and your kids. Boom. I want you to see this with your spiritual eyes. This is why we're doing the Revelation Red Pill. Because it's all, I think if you scroll down, it's right here. It's all related, Okay. And it's demonic. And we can take down these spiritual high places. Biden. She's talking exactly of high places. Met privately with those of us working behind the scenes. And he sat down with us and looked us in the eye. And he said, you companies can do what we government cannot. Why don't you tell the audience about PGLE? What does it do? Why is it important? And we would love to have more companies join in. But this, this story about Davos and the handful of us that found each other. Uh, so the PGLE, Partnership for Global LGBTI Equality, this is a group that was formed in collaboration with the World Economic Forum after five or six years of working behind the scenes with senior leaders at just a handful of companies. This com this organization was founded in January of 2019. Can you believe that? The World Economic Forum just agreed to do it this January. So we have there in collaboration with them, we can use their channels of distribution, their brand, they're now in the mainstream, on the main stage in Davos and into the mainstream of the programming at the World Economic Forum. It's founded by seven companies. Um, we. Uh, 
are signing on more, we want more, we have 14 now, but what are we committed to do? We are committed to change the world for LGBTI inclusion around the world, not by competing with other LGBTI organizations, but by amplifying and lifting, by using the, the platform of the World Economic Forum, both in Davos, but also regionally and around the world, um, also working with the UN, um, trying to get these companies to, you have to have signed on to the UN standards in order to join the partnership. How many companies have signed on to that now? 270, our goal is to get many, many more, and, um, and then to work around the world, both not only in sharing best practices among the companies, but their strength in numbers. So with the platform of the World Economic Forum, the power of the UN, and then finally, the strength in the companies working together, where when you combine our, the, the, the uh, economies, the corporate economies of those 14 countries, we're bigger than most, a lot of countries. So tremendous power. In Davos a couple of years ago, Vice President Biden met privately with those of us working behind the scenes. And he sat down with yeah. us and looked us in the eye. And he said, you can do, you companies can do what right. we government cannot and will never do. Exactly. So if you scroll up, you're going to see how they have are they're implementing this into your children in social emotional learning data collection. With Panorama, you can start by measuring students' social emotional learning skills and supports with research-backed surveys and assessments. It's easy to customize a survey that meets your district's needs, as you can choose from over 22 topics like growth mindset, social awareness and self-management, or any of the topics that align to the CASEL framework. The survey will take students about 10 to 15 minutes to complete, and teachers and staff can also rate their students' skills right from within Panorama. Once the data is collected, get immediate insight into student voice, what students are thinking, and how they feel about their skills, habits, and mindsets. See how each score compares to Panorama's national benchmarks. Then dig deeper to explore each topic in more detail, like how it's changed over time, or any gaps between student groups, and how students responded to each question individually. Okay, you can pause that. So that is a social, like, emotional learning, but this is that is to push all these LGBT uh, agendas Just of the world. Wait a minute, okay? I am just getting, I am triggered watching videos of kids sitting in classrooms. I know, me too. Taking surveys about their emotional awareness and their uh, social awareness and their grit and all this. Yeah. Schools and education have to do with reading, writing, arithmetic, and science and history and can all be done at home one child one adult you don't need emotional stuff you don't need all this garbage this is absolutely ridiculous and i am here to tell you if i could scrap everything that we ever talk about on our show and boil it down to to drilling in one thing it would be please get your your kids out of indoctrination centers. Oh, but I send my child to a private school. Okay, if that's the best that you can do, all right, we will set your group aside and address you later. But anybody that has your child in a public school system, you need to, at the very minimum, start praying, God, please show me how to pull my kids out of this. Sitting behind a desk and doing book work 
is not what God designed for children to do. They should be outside. They should be playing. They should be building. They should be raising animals. They should be digging in the dirt. They should be learning skills. They should be learning trades. Yeah. And book work should be a very minimal part of a child's upbringing. Not going to school for eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week for the majority of the year. That is absurd. That is ridiculous. God never intended it. Yeah. And it is straight up child abuse. Take apart, set aside the indoctrination factor. Yeah. Just schooling itself self is wrong and it is not embracing the way that God created kids to be. You need to get your kids out of these systems because I'm watching these children and then what and and the reason why they're there, the sole reason why these kids are in these in indoctrination camps. Mm-hmm. 100% mm-hmm. is not to educate your child. It is to steal your child. And so why are you sending your kid to a place that the, the sole purpose of it is not to teach them reading, writing, arithmetic, and history and whatever. It is to steal their brains to shift a society. Pull your kids yesterday. They can't opt out of this. So what they're creating is a digital backpack. Watch this. So... Um, with this digital backpack, personalized learning from day one, and then they follow you. So, so what happens to students who don't adopt the competencies that the social, um, mer- the social emotional learning wants them to, especially concerning considering that social mer- uh, emotional learning attributes like empathy now require an acceptance of critical race theory, queer theory, and the social justice activism. So the ESG driven companies. Everybody now that you see the pride flags begin to favor candidates with strong emotional intelligence. They're scoring the kids with these. Based on political and then, ideologies. Then they're giving them to companies. Okay. So in order to meet the ESG centered goals set by workforce expectation or government re- regulations, a well-developed data-driven hiring process designed to meet those incredible. goals must be in place. So you've got these digital. So this is a digital gulag. Okay. You can't be hired. Unless you meet the poor Toronto Blue Jays. He didn't, you know, they didn't have one of these for him yet. And could have weeded them out beforehand. The digital data backpacks are turning into digital credential wallets for students, which will eventually turn into full-fledged adoption of a digital identity that claims everything about you, determining your participation in society. They're already doing this. It's the SEL and the ESG must be stopped right now. So if you run a red light, it's minus 50. Demonstrations against administration. Yeah, you've got the social Yeah, You've got the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which is the ESG of corporations, the college and career readiness, and the social... um, uh, uh, emotional learning um so yeah there you have it you can, co- you can come off of that listen going to school board meetings is great but you should be doing that for the kids that are stuck there not because of your own kids exactly wow that is just terrifying the last thing i didn't share if you want to is uh, want bill to. uh bill gates's mosquito factory in columbia it's the largest in the world they have 30 million genetically modified mosquitoes that are released every week into 11 countries And Robert Kennedy Jr. shared it and says, should Bill Gates be releasing 30 million genetically modified mosquitoes into the wild? First of all, nobody should ever be releasing mosquitoes ever. We should be trying to obliterate mosquitoes. They serve zero purpose in the entire world. Well, this is their idea. This is how they're going to be releasing them. I'm Scott O'Neill here in Medellin, Colombia today. And I'm at the world's biggest mosquito factory for the World Mosquito Program. We're making in here 30 million mosquitoes a week. Come have a look. We're doing it for a very serious reason. Cities like Medellin have suffered from diseases like dengue, Zika, chikungunya for decades, but not anymore. We've been able to bring the solution of Wolbachia mosquitoes to this city. 
when this bacteria called Wolbachia gets introduced into the mosquito, it stops their ability to transmit dengue. We release mosquitoes that have Wolbachia. Now they go and mate, and Wolbachia gets passed into the wild mosquito population. If we're going to control these diseases in all the tropical cities of the world, um, it's going to require a lot of mosquitoes. The mosquito life cycle starts with the egg. And in this room, we've got a lot of eggs. Each one of these strips, these tiny black dots, are up to 10,000 mosquito eggs. Across all of these strips, about one and a half million dried eggs waiting to hatch. In this tray, we've got the newly hatched eggs. They're little larvae, so small you can hardly see them. They're going to sit in here for a few days and eat and get bigger until they look like these ones over here. They're starting to turn into pupae. We're wanting to do the next step of sorting, sorting the males from the females. What? We want to do that so we can manipulate the sex ratio in the cages to be more female than male. The bottom ones along here are the boys, and the ones at the top are the girls. They're bigger. From here, they're going into the adult cages. We have adults that we continuously grow in what we call our brood stock. And then over here, we have the mass-produced mosquitoes getting ready to give us the eggs to go out directly into the field. It's crazy how they sound. You might wonder, what do we feed all these mosquitoes here? Well, I can tell you, we've got the good stuff in here. On the top shelf, literally, we've got the blood. They love it. Once the mosquitoes are grown, they're ready to go out into the field. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Leave face. Listen, I understand that mosquitoes carry viruses, very dangerous viruses, okay? But I don't trust these people to mess with the science and try, like, unless you are trying to get rid of mosquitoes, I cannot support you. But that's what they're saying they're doing. They're trying to get rid of mosquitoes. They're trying to get them to breed so that they can eliminate them. Not eliminate the mosquito. They're trying to get them to breed so that the mosquitoes that exist, they're not trying to decrease mosquito population. All they're trying to do is make it so that mosquitoes can't carry specific diseases. I don't trust it. I don't trust what the, that mosquito then may be biting you and giving you whatever. Y'all have lost our trust. I am so sorry. Uh-uh. I'm not. Mm -mm. But I know no. I know y'all people feel the same exact way. Imaginary person over here on Rumble says, yes, mosquitoes have been around longer than the Big Bang and Alpha and Omega. They are just awful. I, they serve no purpose. Um, I, oh, that was an, an, an answer to Sherry's question. Did mosquitoes always exist or is that a species created by modifying another insect so that they had to uh, had a way to inject us? No, mosquitoes have been here. So since they I, have been here. Since I do have you on Rumble and not on Facebook. Okay. I have one little last clip what? here because in Canada they had like a family day, an anti-LGBTQ queer day. And um, this they interviewed a woman one of the counter protesters but you need to hear the, what they think of you if you do not support drag queen story hour if you do not support the lgbtq agenda harming your kids sexualizing your kids listen to what they think of you 
Um, they're not going to stop just at schools. Um, these people are a movement. They are allied with uh, uh, white supremacists, anti-Semites. Some people that are coming um, have uh, swastikas tattooed on their bodies. Um, this is far beyond a... Uh... So I was asked, I, I saw somebody post something the other week about, you know, you should, you know, get off of people for dyeing their hair. And I said, kind of sarcastically, I make fun of people with blue hair. The... They identify themselves with blue hair. It's like communists with this, the, you know, the sickle and and then the plow. Like, they identify themselves with the blue hair. Don't trust the blue hairs. Um, and I don't want to reduce it to say simple trans and, uh, transphobic protest, but it's a massive fascist movement. Uh, Billboard Chris is going to be speaking soon in the States with Marco Rubio and Donald Trump for um, what I think is being possibly considered a domestic terrorist organization called Moms for Liberty. Like, this is an international thing. A domestic terrorist organization called Moms for Liberty. Where people are being flown in from Florida, BC, uh, the east coast of Canada. Um, and so we have to start treating it like for what it is. The board's response has been quite um, disappointing, to be honest. Um, they've been taking a role that uh, everyone has the right to protest. They would just rather it not happen in front of schools. To which I say these are A, our schools, this is our neighborhood. We have the right to defend it from these people. And if we weren't here, there'd be no one else left to stop them from coming down. And further, the few people that would want to show up would be incredibly unsafe because they wouldn't have the safety of numbers and organizational skills. Also, there is no acceptable place for this. Where would you like to, the fascists to rally instead? Do you want them to rally in front of someone else's house? Do you want them to keep attacking libraries and performance venues? Do you want them to start moving and finding other public spheres? Do you want them in front of hospitals at our public offices? Absolutely not. So there is no acceptable place for this. And the only way to correctly counter fascism is by showing up like this in the street and telling them that we outnumber them and we will not let them spread their transphobic fascist their transphobic fascist ideology. They should be encouraging people to come out to counter protest. They should be doing more than just statements of saying that we stand with our uh, queer community. They have to stand up and do a lot more. They need to use their resources that they have at hand to actually push back, allowing, considering to allow um, them to even get close to the schools is quite frankly the most unsafe thing that I've you should not be near the schools. Let me just say that. So Chanel Fall, I don't know how exactly say it. Fall. She is a former high school teacher and she wrote an open letter to the education minister about Bill 98, an act to amend various acts related to education and childcare. And these days, teachers who view their role as described above, which is to just teach children and not indoctrinate them, risk reputation and career in saying so. She knows this firsthand. In 2021, she posted these comments below in a private Facebook group. She says, kids aren't in school to be indoctrinated with critical race theory. Schools should be nonpartisan. Focus on modeling kindness to everyone and speak out against any form of discrimination you see. This includes the discrimination brought on by anti-racist movements, i.e. all white people are racist in some places. Example, Britain, it is now illegal to teach CRT without offering a balanced opposing view. It is now illegal to teach CRT without offering a balanced opposing view. And then what happened to her? She was followed up with a month-long investigation by her school board and a week-long suspension without pay.
okay? This is what they were protesting. Um, you can, if you scroll down in that, um, and cl click continue reading. Phenomenal discussions about the wheel of power and privilege. So you have the wheel of power, and if you click on it, you can see, um, you can have this wheel of power here. So if you're male in the middle, so you own property, you've got a uh, post-secondary degree, you're bilingual in both official language, so French and English, you're stable, fam or mentally, mentally stable, because that is a privilege to be mentally stable, okay? So heterosexual, and then the wheel of power goes out. So women... And gay men, I love this, are on the same, um, uh, but and but wi gay women, lesbians, are on the on the outside of power. Um, you've got uh, skin color, dark, indigenous people on the very, uh, you know, wealth poor. So you've got the the housing, the wealth decision, and this and this is what they're teaching kids. Um, and then you should feel guilty. It, my favorite is to feel almost guilty for having a, sen a, a, a a stable mind. You, if you have a stable mind, you have power that other people don't have. I mean, what I love about this being acknowledged is that there there are apparently many people without a stable mind, and I would include all of the purple, blue-haired people with the flags. All y'all don't have a stable mind, and I get that. That does reduce... Your, um, the way that we take they have you seriously in a, society. They have a kids help phone line and school mental health, Ontario, that have already partnered with the Ministry of Education. That kids help phone website informs young girls confused about their gender that packing is a practice that might involve stuffing their underwear to help them feel like they have a penis. It goes on to explain to kids that they can make their own at home with a sock. Or that if they've reached the age of, ma of majority in their province, can also explore buying a packer online or at an adult sex shop. Hang on a minute. Do we have to keep reading this? Because I'm going to tell y'all something. What they are trying to do and the reason why they are telling these young girls to do this is because throughout the day, they are constantly feeling sexual. They want these young girls to feel something sexual all day long this is pedophilia at the highest i don't it is disgusting it is vile anyone let me tell you something anyone that encourages a young girl to do this should be in jail for the rest of their lives you are a predator you do not belong in society that is pedophilia so can we just be real for one minute before i leave I have to go. Never once in high school did I look at boys' pants. Ever. For, Not one to, time. For their geni genitalia. Not one time. Never. It Most never were on always me. wearing like a, like loose fitting things. So you never notice. It's not like an Adam's apple. And then I never notice Adam's apple. They are doing this. Yes. They want, because what they're saying is that people will look to see if you're a boy based on a penis bulge. Well, guess what? They're, they, I, I can teeny tiny little bit understand that if you're wearing a swimsuit, we're going to know you're not a dude. If you're wearing a Speedo. But guess what? You shouldn't even be wearing them Nagum Speedos. Every single boy I knew wore big, swim giant, trunks. baggy swim trunks. So there was no noticing anything. What is wrong with you people? And I have known very flat-chested girls. You don't need to 
and it's just it, all of this is so bizarre you know with the the racism you can't say colorblind anymore that's what so what they accuse you of is what they're guilty of these people are mentally unstable. They are domestic terrorists. They are pedophiles. And I'm saying that here in Rumble because it is the truth and it needs to be said. J.K. Rowling is portrayed as what's called a TERF. Offcam had to apologize for portraying J.K. Rowling as a TERF in a gay pride video. The globalist British charity, a British charity, Oxfam International, has issued an apology. So... Oxfam believe blah 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 blah. People should have the right. So that if you scroll down, they made a they grew they drew this horrible picture of her uh, for like content. That. Oxfam was strongly strong armed by turfs into removing this image from their LGBTQ rights video because turfs unironically decided that the lady in the middle is supposed to be a depiction of J.K. Rowling, despite being no indication of it. Obviously, I think that they were trying to make it like her and if you scroll down you can see the video that oxfam a a british a british charity made uh, for pride month how are you marking pride month this year while lgbtqia plus people around the world are deprived of basic safety not protected by laws preyed on by hate groups online and offline discriminated against at work deprived of opportunities and pushed to the margins. But pride can be found etched deeply in the hand of a friend, the hug of a chosen family member, or the safe spaces ah, of a kind that? community. This Why Pride Month, we take pride in those who protect and champion safety for LGBTQIA plus people. We Let's all must stand together with queer folks, online, at work, in schools, in sport, laws everywhere so you guys they're just, the ones depicting them as vile looking creatures with the fat hanging over the stomach and big ugly just so ugly oh so ugly you drew Stephen them as good grief what the heck is it satanical it's wrong so we have we are now learning something we're going to end with this oh dear we need a collective exorcism that it is important to call these people out. Yes. But this is the demon goddess Ishtar transgenderism sacrificing your children to Malek type deal. Yeah. You don't have to be afraid because Christians over the past 2,000 years have gone into these areas that were yes. controlled by uh, pagans. And we went in in the power of God and we said, be gone, foul spirit. The dog. And so that's what you need to do. Now, you can say it under your breath, and I don't care if you say it to the people. And my mom suggests that kids in school get up, and when they do that and they play that, you're a pervert. You're a child Stranger pedophile. Danger. Stranger danger. You're trying to sexualize kids. You're perverts. Only perverts talk to, to children about sexualization. And you know what? We had one young man who was bullied at school, and he was so upset. Because the kids who were suspended, their parents took them out for, like, fun vacations. And so, okay, get suspended. Get and suspended. then your parent take you to buy ice cream and have a great day. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. Because you stood up for all those other kids. Because some kids stood up and said, that's perverted. Because I know here, uh, um, one, one school, I believe it's in Massachusetts, has a transgender 
um, teacher's aide who showed their pictures of their transition. And then they had pictures of all the gay people in Hollywood. And this young boy said, 10 years old, the impression that he got was that you should be too. You should be gay too. The thing cool. that really bothers me is that we have known kids in our neighborhood and just kids throughout that have, have, uh, have had some sexual encounters. When their parents find out about it, they put the chutzpah on it and then they get books. And the books all tell them to teach the children and walk through with the children that if anyone ever wants to come and talk to you about your private parts or anything sexual, you run away. Run away. You do not listen to them. You do, you, they are dangerous. They are dangerous. So how do we, Leah? teach children to identify predators that may sexually molest them and at the same time tell them that anyone any adult figure can talk to them about their private parts and their sexuality so there was and we've covered this in the past there was a survey that went out one in ten children in public schools will have a sexual encounter with a child with a teacher a literal physical sexual encounter with a teacher one in ten. That's millions. Every single person. And I've said can. it before, and I don't want this to come out as harsh as it's going to come out sounding, because I love all of y'all, and I do, and you know it. But if your child is ever molested by someone, that's on you. Mm. That you is gotta on know you. Who your kids are around. You need to know who your children are around. You need, you to, be need to be praying over them. You need to be praying over them. You need to be communicating with them. You need to be listening to the Holy Ghost. Okay, like anytime you send your children, you do not get to stand before God and say, well, but God, I had to have the babysitter or I had to send them to public school. That is, you do not get to do that. You legit do not get to do that. Now there's grace and there's forgiveness for things that, for those of you that unless, are watching and you've had this happen in the past. Unless you're like governmentally ordered, like if you're in China. Or that's other, the only exception. Like if the you only have, exception is if you are forced to, like our friend, um, Samantha, her husband has custody. What can you, not custody, but has the ability to choose whether the kids go to public school. But still, she's taking steps and praying in the power of God to change that. But outside of that, I'm talking about in normal situations, the normal person, okay? If something happens to If you to don't your have kid, a legal order that your kid has to be in public school, they need to be out of public school. 100%. And if they do have a legal order, then we're praying. Like There is no guilt and no condemnation if this has happened to your kid in the past. God forgives you. And I'm praying that your child will forgive you, but, and it can be redeemed. Yeah. But anyone that is currently in a situation where your child is actively out of where you can control and protect, if something happens to them, it's on you. Y'all got to know that. Now that that you know. Now that you know. Now that you know. All right. If you didn't know before. If you you didn't know before, God can redeem it. God is the great redeemer. I don't want to leave them on a dark rant of, of guilt. I'm not, there's no guilt. But it, but listen, some Where's save by hope? you know Where's we talked about earlier this week. Some save by fire. That message is for for some of you that 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 need the good soft kick in the pants okay. to to get your to you, are my kids fine for everybody. If you here's the deal, if you're a person that says no, I know this is wrong. I wish I could get my kid out. What I just said doesn't apply to you. But if you're the person that's saying no, my kid's fine. They're good. Eh, this that's on you. That's on you. It is. So how can we leave them with something positive? Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. This past week we had on Corey Gray. No, 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 no. This past week. Oh, that's even kind of dark. The episode that we did, but we got a text message. I'll leave them with that. I will leave them. I will leave them with our encouraging text message 
from our dear friend Lorraine. I don't even know if she's watching right now, okay? Because this made my whole day. I'm roll I'm scrolling back too far. I need to see it. She has been watching all of the Revelation Red Pills. Here's what she says. If this is not an advertisement for you guys to be tuning in, I don't know what will be. Okay, I'm going to sign off. I have to get yeah. it. Yeah, Just finished listening to the Revelation Red Pill from this past Wednesday. Ladies, what? Here, Leah, take this thing. Take the thing. Take the thing. Here, I'm going to drop her. I, I, well, okay, over here. Here Good she thing. goes. Sit by thing. What? Ladies, what you are sharing is beyond incredible, liberating truths that Father God has called and anointed you to share and teach with simplicity and clarity and understanding. I need to have a dedicated notebook just for these nuggets, exclamation, exclamation. Next, I just have to share that on Thursday afternoon while driving and praying in the Holy Ghost, I was hearing myself pray in a language that could have been Chinese dialect if I understood it, LOL. Anyway, the joy and giddiness I felt when I heard you mention that in the close, that in the closing prayer, I just had to share glory to God. What she's referring to is Rob Allen said, everybody needs to be praying. In, it, like if, if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I know this may sound crazy for those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, praying in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. But if y'all do, if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, um, Rob got this word from God that we need to be praying in a Chinese dialect and praying for China in that. So that's what she was referring to. Anyway, the joy and the giddiness I felt when I heard that mentioned in the closing prayer, I just had to share. Glory to God. We shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Love you both and pray your blessings are increased and multiplied. That everything you put your hands to succeeds and prospers for the glory of the kingdom of God as we taste and see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living as heaven invades the planet. Heaven is invading the planet. And that is the good news. All of this stuff, all of this garbage can be taken care of like that in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, as the kingdom of God, that one woman that was talking about, we just need to be all together in our collective businesses and all this. And when we join together, like we're unstoppable is essentially what she was saying. Do you know why they're doing that? Because God is uniting us as the body of Christ and we literally are unstoppable. We can take them down. You do not need to watch these videos in some sort of like helplessness, hopelessness. Well, what do we do? They seem so big. God is bigger than all of that. And more than that, not just God himself being bigger than all of that, because that goes without saying, the body of Christ is bigger than they are. The worldwide collective body of Christ is bigger than they will ever be. They are trying to emulate the power that we have and we can put a stop to this instantaneously. So I'm really excited. Uh, Corey Gray is putting something together to pray for the nations. And I was taking show notes today because he wants me and he wants Leah and I to be giving them their marching orders for prayers. These will be prayer calls that you guys can tune into. So, so just note that stuff is in the works. Things are happening and we are going to move this giant mountain and cast it in the sea. Do not doubt in your heart, but only believe. I'm telling you that that's exactly what's going to happen. So I'm very, very excited um, about what God is doing. Bifmo says, how do we stop our property taxes funding our local schools? There are several ways in the natural, but I'm going to tell you something. God is taking us to a whole nother level. We are going to do this in the power of God. 100%. I know that sounds like pie in the sky. That's just like a God answer. No, we... We have reached the point, the, the, the new superhero power of God force is coming in. And I am telling you, next level is we do this by the spirit of God. These people are going to be punished. Justice is going to be served. Um, is there a kingdom round table tomorrow? Sherry, 
I believe that there is. I have not heard otherwise. I'm sorry about last week. I didn't even know. I was looking for it so that we could restream it. And I and Corey's, you know, had an emergency. He got, he got stuck. He literally got reined in at his farm. He couldn't leave. His car would not leave. So he and he doesn't really have a good way to communicate without the uh, internet there. So um, I'm sorry about that. I will next time. I will try to. Um, do a short video or let you guys know, but just know that if it doesn't stream, it's probably not streaming. Something has happened, but thankfully everything is okay. So we love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, we will see you on Wednesday for our Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And be sure to tune into the Kingdom Roundtable on the Kingdom Roundtable channel on Rumble Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Same times makes it really easy. And we'll see you back on Friday for our weekly roundup of news. And in between that, I have a couple of videos on my heart. I think Leah does too. So stay tuned for those as well. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. And we'll see you next time. Let's go.